three, two, one. I wish I knew how to quit listening to Sardonicast. Uh, this is Adam <laughs> from uh, Your Movie Sucks. How is it going? Hey, it's Ralph, the movie maker. <laughs> hey, so it's my G. You know, that was the one line I knew from the movie. <laughs> All you needed was the guitar music. It's memed. Yeah. You pull that up on your phone with the dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. Well, I know the, <laughs> there's like the meme with like Jacob and Edward and they play like the music like with them. Like it's like oh. a scene of with them, but it's the Brokeback Mountain music. Oh, that's okay. how I know it. It's a great score. It's just like. Oh, yeah, I think I might have seen that now you mention it. Yeah. It's a great score. I'm just, you know, it's been memed, right? Fantastic score. We're going to talk about it more later when we're yeah, in the. Uh, I watched actual... it on my new TV. Oh, because I, I, oh, yeah, I, I saw was your like, tweet. Yeah, I mentioned seventy-five inches or something. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty big. <laughs> it's nice and big. <laughs> um, but there's like so. Yeah, I, I I remember we I talked about it on the podcast. Like, yeah, I should get a bigger TV. And like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was like last episode we did. So like, literally. Three like weeks the episode ago. after <laughs> I said that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The episode after I said that, I got a new TV. I'm nice. like, oh, that's pretty proactive. Yeah, and it's it's good. Uh, TVs are weird. They're not like like Adam. You have a projector. Yeah. Like it's sad that like most TVs are kind of made for sports and gaming now. Yeah. So there's like this. There's a lot of weird presets yeah. that they come with too. Exactly. So I had to fuck around with the TV yeah. a lot. But there's some things like you can't change. So there's mm-hmm. like. I was looking it up. There's like a refresh rate. Oh, yeah. And I think it's like 60 hertz. So that makes the motion like smoother. I don't know exactly how much it is. It's like 60 hertz to 120 hertz. There's like, there should be like a motion smoothing setting though. Like even if it is 60 hertz, if you turn off motion smoothing, that helps. Oh, yeah. I turned all that off. Yeah. That, that stuff's good for like sports and, and gaming, but not really for film. Yeah. Film, ruins you want like, yeah. You want like a 24 frames a second for film and, but like a lot of these TVs, they, they just naturally bump it up. I'm just wondering if it's possible to have a television that just has the capability of however many frames per second, you know, whatever motion smoothing, etc., but only outputs what the input signal is receiving. So like, so like, if the piece of media is like, yes, this is 60 frames per second, then the TV outputs it as, and it does like, it wouldn't be creating artificial frames with motion smoothing or something, right? Yeah. Like, that should be the standard. You'd think that would be easier to do, right? Yeah. But they like, don't. It just play it the way the media wants it to be played. And if you want to add on like ways to fuck with it, like I'm, I'm all about customization if people want to do weird shit, but I think the default should just yeah. be like native to the media right yeah exactly um it's like it's turned on automatically so like it will automatically you know up the frame rate or whatever of everything but you know there's a balance you got to find like i think a lot of theaters now show things at a bit higher frame rate you don't really notice it and it is a tv it is a different experience ultimately it's a Mm -hmm. different display than a samsung film yeah it's a samsung samsung's are really nice that's why i usually got they're good for the price Um, yeah yeah, so I got a nice one. It's a QLED also. They had, they had an OLED. OLED's apparently the nicest thing you can get right now, but it's so expensive. And yeah. also, what? Yeah, so that was mostly it. It's expensive. And it doesn't come in any higher like size than 65, I think. Oh, weird. For Samsung anyway. Yeah. Like LG has bigger, but Samsung, the biggest one they had was like 65. So, you know, it's it's about like 
taking in all these things into consideration and finding like the best TV like yeah. for you. Like I watched Dune on it. It looks great. Like I can't really notice like the frames that much. Like it's just like a very yeah, it's a different experience. Like maybe twenty four on a TV like yeah. that would look bad. I think most four K TVs now have like they just have that kind of built into them. You know? So it's about like finding the balance, right? Whatever screens they use at some of the rides on Disney World, they're like huge and like pretty high res. Like I want to, yeah, play a movie on that and see, see what happens. I guess that's technically yeah. what's happening. Yeah, I think what a lot of theaters do, like even if they say it's 4K, because I remember we talked about that before. I think with the Avatar trailer, if mm-hmm. like movies projected 4K in theaters, they do, but they do this thing where they like they project the same image twice like on the screen Mm. i think they do that too with like those rides right so you're seeing like multiple projectors so technically it's 4k but it's more like 2.5k like projected Hmm. twice so i think that technically ups the frame rate also weird you know there's like all these things like you you don't even notice like when you're watching a movie in a theater also why would up the frame rate um because it's the same image twice i guess so it's when you say twice do you mean like side by side kind of um, well, no, it's like, it's literally like oh. two images projected over each other. So I think, I think there's some kind of like mathematical thing there. So it's like two 24 frame per second images. Again, I'm not like an expert on this kind of thing. If it was delayed by a half frame. Maybe. Later. Anyway, this is, I'll look into this later. It's kind of complicated. Um, yeah, it is very complicated, uh, but it's a nice TV. Since you, since you were so, uh, proactive about, uh, about your television, uh, three episodes ago, mm-hmm. We were talking about Halo. You said you were going to get the uh, the original Halo on disc. Did you do that? Uh, no, not yet. You should get on it. You said you had them. You, you said you had extra copies. Also, oh yeah. Do you want me to mail you one? I can mail you one. Yeah, you can. Ma- yeah, you can just mail me one. <laughs> yeah, someone over. Okay. Me. Yeah, I'll have to remember to do that. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll look on eBay. Cool. I got a bunch of Xbox stuff, but yeah, I need to get that. I think, yeah, I think I have a few actually. So. Uh huh. Yeah, I'll okay. write that down. Yeah, cool, cool. I could probably play those on my 360 also. Yeah. Just because they're a little... Yeah, it's got backpack. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Certain games do for 360. I'm sure yeah. that one does. And you can't do backwards. So the Xbox One and Series X are backwards compatible with certain original Xbox games. Like a weird library. One of them being like Blinks the Time Sweeper and then like one of them being like Fusion <laughs> Frenzy. Yeah, legendary. But the original Halo <laughs> yeah. isn't and that kind of pisses me off because it's clear it's like oh they just want you to get the Master Chief collection. It's like oh, f- fuck off. I want to like it would oh, be right, nice to yeah. be able to play the original disc in that way because there are differences. There are, you know there are ti- tiny differences mm-hmm. but like if you're a nerd and you want to be able to experience like the genuine, if not, you know, maybe upscaled by the Series X or whatever. Like, I, f- I feel like you should be able to yeah. do it that no, way. No, they, they, like, messed up some of the particle effects and stuff. Yeah. Because the, the one on the Master Chief Collection is, uh, I think, the PC port, which, like, in the uh, exchange did change some of the, like, atmosphere stuff and the, mm. like, density of clouds and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of get shit. Dorky, there's some good videos out there. There's a lot of tiny yeah. things that they fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I got the converter for like you know HDMI because these new TVs they don't even have oh yeah like like those AV ports whatever it's called so I had to get like a converter <laughs> so it's like HDMI into that yeah there was a long period of my life like many years uh, when I moved to Vancouver it, it's over now but there was a long period of my life where I just kept old tube televisions 
just to be able to be like, oh, well, I have some composite cables and some like original PS1 and Xbox stuff and just recreate the experience of playing it on that type of screen. I think for certain games, it does really add to the atmosphere, like Silent Hill or something, right? Um, And even Mm -hmm. for older games that aren't necessarily like, ooh, we're supposed to be scary and blah, blah, blah. Even for games like that, there is something unique about it where it kind of softens the edges of uh, the polygons. And so um, you look at like an HD remaster for something like the Rare Replay Collection. Uh, You look at like some of these older games and you're playing it on like an HD television and it's upscaled to like 1080p. It's like there's so many jagged edges and it feels kind of weird. There is Mm -hmm. um, at least one HD remaster and I think it I think it might have been on the rare replay collection. I think it might have been for actually Battletoads, believe it or not, where you can press a button uh, and it adds a filter to soften the image in the same way that an old TV a tube TV would. Uh, which I found really fun. cool. Uh, yeah. That's cool. That's a so, cool idea. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. It, it looks more like software now. Because it, it's losing that, like, it has, like, this atmosphere to it, I feel. Well, yeah, we're spoiled with the clarity and sharpness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's for old it was games. It's hilarious back then. But sometimes it works against it. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Yeah, sometimes it does for the older games. Because a lot of these things were made for televisions that did, I mean, the technology was yeah. there anyway. But the experience at the time, if you want to replicate that experience, it was on that type of television. And it's a very different look. And even, you know, the fucking aspect ratio, too, you know? Yeah. We're so, we're so used to widescreen now. Yeah, you know what I did get um, on Xbox? I got the Thing game, which oh, yeah. we talked about before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you tried it's it? It's very difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I played it for a bit. It's, it's yeah, it's pretty difficult. It's fun. Let me know if you beat it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, you, like, control all your yeah. guys. and There's, <laughs> like, a trust meter. <laughs> like, if you trust, they don't trust Some you. Some of the shit just doesn't matter, and it lies to you. It, like, oh, yeah. Sets up, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it sets it sets you up to fail. Because, yeah, I, 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 like, one of my guys died. I, like, reset the level, and then he just he kept, he kept dying or whatever. Kept turning yeah. into the thing. So I'm like, yeah, this is, like, scripted. Yeah, but I don't know. It's fun. <laughs> it's an old game still, yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll play Halo eventually. Ask me... A yes or no question. Is Halo your favorite game? <laughs> On opposite day, I'd say, nope, starring uh, Daniel Kaluuya, <laughs> uh, directed by Jordan Peele, is a movie that we all watched. Um, how did how did we feel about it? <laughs> oh, I liked it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, like, just woke up, so that's I'm why I sound like, too. old deep, like, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I like just I watched Broke Back and then just mm. woke up. Um but yeah, I like the movie. <laughs> I thought yeah, it was I, decent. I'm on the verge of loving mm-hmm. it, honestly. Wow. All right. Yeah. It's hard to tell with this one, this this film. Yeah, it is only the first watch and as we've said the past few episodes or whatever, you don't truly know a lot of the time until you've seen mm-hmm. it maybe twice. But um really really creative fun like twist on a kind of tired genre um i've always like had a thing for these like ufo alien movies uh as a kid i was obsessed with um you ever seen that weird movie fire in the sky it's like not very good (laughs) no title sounds familiar i have no idea what that is 
Yeah, it's it's like it's one of those quote unquote based on a true oh. story like type movies, but it has this like infamous scene towards the end, which is like just this horrifying abduction, which as a kid was just like so traumatizing oh. to me. It's on my watch list for some reason. I think maybe maybe there was like a YouTube video that talked about that scene or something. Yeah, I'd recommend just watching the abduction mm-hmm. scene on okay. YouTube, but the rest of the movie is like nothing. Okay. Whereas whereas nope, like. Without talking spoilers, like it's a, a really good twist with the a lot of like fun kind of commentary that uh, Jordan Peele seems to be excelling at. Kind of. How much do we want to say without spoilers? Is my question because I'm trying to think of like the things I, I really want to talk, talk about spoilers. are all kind of spoilery. It's yeah. Like how, what what even is a spoiler okay. for this movie? Like it was kind of marketed weird. Yeah, we can go into spoilers. Yeah. I appreciate the marketing, mm-hmm. honestly. Like it it was surprisingly restrained. I thought the teaser trailer was great. And then I thought the main trailer that they yeah. put out afterwards made the movie look a lot worse. I was like, who the fuck did this? Like whoever <laughs> whoever's job this yeah, was. Yeah, that's what I said. It's like mm. three that's what I was thinking, I mean. There's like three different tones like going on in that trailer. It's like really weird. Um I don't think the nope thing was like intentional with the no? not a planet Earth. I think I read that somewhere. Someone told me. Yeah, because we were talking about that. I, I don't know. I don't I don't think Jordan Peele. But intended. his previous movie did that. that. The original like title us, US, like it's about uh, yeah, America. Us. Right? Oh uh, yeah, well, yeah. I think this was better than us also. The original title for this was like Little Green Men, which would have been misleading. I think that was like another title they were considering. It's probably a working title just to get the movie made. Really? Spoiling. Yeah. But the, like the little little green men part was supposed to be like money. Like they were, cause you know, they were trying to film the UFO to make money. So like the little green men dollar bills. Oh, that's kind of cool. I'm like, okay, that's like a bad title. (laughs) I don't know. Nope is a better title. Um, Nope is a much better title because my gut, like instinct when it was first revealed was like, I don't know. There's something kind of goofy about that, but how it kind of yeah, plays too. out yeah. in the movie it, and it, yeah. how it affects dialogue is they quite effective. They say nope a lot. Yeah. Yeah. In the movie. It's a lot. Like, especially the second I th- time. Yeah, I mean, regardless of how many times they say it, I think that that word instill it, it, it tells you the genre of the film already. Like, nope is in like, fuck no, like, yeah. you know, maybe perhaps there's some fear intention. And nope is just a, you know, it's kind of a comedic thing to say. And it it is both genres. So I think that the title works really well. It lets you know exactly what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I was in uh, I was in Montreal shortly after seeing the movie, and one of I think I've told you before uh, the Montreal the Quebec language laws are so stupid in the sense that like they have to have French signage in ways yeah. that like are j- so weirdly nationalistic to the quote unquote nation of Quebec and just protectionist and just f- weird just weird shit where you go and see you see a Starbucks mm-hmm. and it says Cafe Starbucks in France you see a Starbucks it says Starbucks. Right. Like it's just it's it doesn't matter. Right. And so uh, one of the Instagram pages that my brother follows is just like just, a, you know, kind of a shit posty Montreal thing. And the poster for Nope when like <laughs> in like pretty much every other language, it would just say Nope, like maybe just like a, a direct translation. But they were laughing at it because it was like, ben, no. <laughs> and it was it, it which doesn't even really translate to, to Nope. It's I forget what my brother said it was. It was kind of like. Like, fuck no or something? I don't remember, but it was Yeah, just, that's quite pedantic, it just, isn't it? It was a silly-looking poster, anyway. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? No, you just... Uh, you mentioned um, Us, and... I don't... I liked a lot of what that movie was going for, but I felt that towards the end, it started kind of slipping over with, like, just 
too much exposition kind of it's that balance with horror movies isn't it when you're like playing with certain concepts and it's like how much are you going to reveal versus keep secret and what's gonna be like a satisfying kind of way to handle that and i felt mm -hmm. like once you do start getting the answers um in nope it kind of actually adds to the horror as opposed to kind of taking it away like it did in us um which we can delve into more in spoilers uh, when yeah. we're ready but sure I thought this movie was really scary at par at parts. Yeah. There's like some really good horror scenes. It's probably the scariest movie to me. Um, yeah, it's like some really effective scenes regarding like when they get abducted or when like the blood was like gushing out well, of the we ship. should be in spoilers talk if we're going to talk oh, about did it. did we say spoilers? Yeah. Let's just say yeah, it. Let's just do it. Let's just Spoiler do it. Spoiler talk. Yeah. yeah. Spoilers. Yeah, some really good imagery in here it looks really strong as mm -hmm. well like the cinematography it's his best looking yeah. movie also it's in so many ways i think it's his best i haven't seen get out in a while and i remember liking it and to a to an extent where i'm like i i couldn't say if i like nope better than get out like i feel like i like get out better but i really don't know um but something that stuck out to me about Get Out, something that I'll always remember is um, those uh, trance scenes, those hypnotism scenes, where I thought those yeah, were shot like, like, super well. The, like, yeah. I thought the cinematography in those was like super creative yeah. and just like, the yeah, I loved the filmmaking there. Um, there are parts like that in Nope, but I think that yeah, if if I were to say like my favorite looking shots, it would have to be that sequence in Get Out. Um, and I love a lot of how Nope looks. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. Uh, but man, what a novel spin on just a, like such a tired kind of idea. The UFO, the the paranoid uh -huh. guy is trying to figure out what it is, and you're just kind of waiting. For, there's the fake out with the 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 like kids dressed up as the the big eyed alien things and you're kind of waiting mm. for that scene for that kind of reveal but then it's kind of flipped on its head and it's like nope the the ship isn't a ship at all it's like it's just it's a creature yeah it's it's like a, a, yeah. a deep water kind of creature that, that's what i guess the design is kind of inspired by it's like this natural thing mm. i really want to so uh, jordan peele's films have all had some sort of racial commentary and it's clear that this does as mm -hmm. well to me. I have not thoroughly researched uh, any of these conversations online. I don't know how many people like who it just it wasn't like on my Twitter feed and I didn't look it up. But I would love to, I guess, dive into or try to uh, dissect exactly what he's going for here, because here's some of the things that really stuck out to me when I was watching the film is the um, the creature the way it looks, the way it like kind of opens its mouth or whatever we're going to call it, looks exactly like an old film camera, uh, like lens looking at you, like the square. Yeah. Um, obviously, the characters are um, the first black uh, horse uh, people that had horses for movies. I forget the official title of them, um, but that was heavily emphasized. When Stephen Yun talks about um the aliens as he's before he's doing the show he uses a very particular word he he doesn't he doesn't say the watchers he says the viewers i call them the viewers, the viewers like that's yeah. a very particular thing to say that is very clearly when you're calling the aliens the viewers like you're there's some commentary being made on media here and i don't know I, i'm just trying to 
think of like, oh, mm. is it just like it's sucking up people? Uh, like everybody it sucked up is not black, or or like the what media wants, is, or there's like disparity in terms of how people are represented in media. Like I don't have a clear answer of what it's going for. Maybe I have to watch it a second time. But there's something clearly there, right? I don't know if how you feel about that. Well, yeah, sure. That's that's so cool about it. Yeah. Yeah, because the like the opening credits were yeah. from the perspective of inside the mm-hmm. ship, looking out as well. Yeah. So it's like another... and you don't know that yet. Like when you see it the first time, you're like, "What is that?" Yeah, now? yeah, you have no idea what it what it means. But it's also it's also a film about exploitation yeah. as well, and like mm-hmm. spectacle. Um, there's the whole kind of B plot with the uh, with the, yeah. the chimp the, from the the old kind of '80s sitcom, and all of that just feeds into the exploitation and just this this obsession humans have with like this kind of media, this kind of wanting to document everything and use like animals or whatever to achieve what like just kind of mindless entertainment. True, and that's kind of the horror of that 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 chimp scene. And I guess with mm-hmm. them being like you know horse wranglers and stuff, that kind of fits into that too. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because that's the point of um like Stephen Yeun's like character. He's he kind of misinterprets the whole like chimp experience as as an exploited like child actor mm-hmm. and he's he thinks he has this connection with this chimp and that he as a result as an adult thinks he can kind of control the uh the alien in a similar way he could like bond with the chimp and it's like all about the the relationship of the like trying to control like predators or, or nature or whatever you want to describe it whereas the lead character he has like a different relationship with animals. Like he, he respects mm-hmm. them in a different way and he knows they can't really be controlled right. in the same way. And you got yeah, to true. treat them differently and understand what they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see that in the beginning scene, like when they're filming, like Daniel Kaluuya is there with the horse on set. They're all white on set. And yeah, like they're trying to control the animal. It doesn't respond well. Yeah. Yeah. They're not respecting it. And he's telling them like, don't go behind it. Like, you know, try to respect. Yeah. Well, that scene is great. They like set up so much like in that scene that you don't even realize, like they set up the, the cinematographer who I didn't realize would come back in the film later. Yeah. But, yeah. They, they made sure to like <laughs> emphasize it. I guess if you saw the trailer, it's like one shot. They set up the reflection thing. Yeah. The reflection that, yeah, you're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. Like the, you know, if you look at the animal or if you look at the UFO, it, it like agitates it. Yeah, you know, I like the UFO doesn't really have like a, like a purpose to it, like it not explicitly explained. It's kind of like going on instinct. It's going like you know, it's just yeah, it's just an animal, just a territorial creature. Just yeah, it's, it's decided it wants to live there, and it's just gonna eat whatever comes near it. Right, <laughs> which is which is horrifying. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to I'd like to point out and see. I want to get your thoughts on the connection between the B plot chimpanzee show and the actual alien ufo whatever events because there are ways in which it's kind of implied that there's some sort of connection there there was that like weird shoe that was standing upright yeah yeah like that was miracle something that it focused on and was like okay well wait is there some sort of you know supernatural thing happening at this moment that's causing the chimpanzee to be agitated or like what's happening yeah, there maybe. and then th- yeah, there was also um, okay. there was also a clip that Jordan Peele posted on Twitter which maybe was a deleted scene or extra footage or something but essentially it was a um a fake intro uh, opening theme song for that fake TV show and at the end of the credits for the uh, fake TV show um you know it had uh, the little boy and the chimp 
giving each other a fist bump. But what they yeah. were doing is they were looking into a telescope, like up at the stars sort of thing. So for it to end in that way, like maybe he's just like, you know, kind of being cheeky, like tying it into his like space movie sort of thing. Um, but I'm wondering what you think about like what the connection is between or, or like what the implied connection is between the show and the, the alien events like what what is he saying do you have any ideas or i'm gonna watch it again yeah i guess yeah yeah i think it's about kind of like what i was sort of getting at with the like trying to control animals Mm -hmm. or the misinterpret what what do they call it a bad miracle there's like a line at some point Mm -hmm. in the movie kind of feeding into steven yun's character as a kid maybe misinterpreting Mm -hmm. these ideas and assigning too much value and because he does take kind of the the totally like wrong like sickest most kind of greedy like take away from the mm-hmm. experience and turns it into this like amusement park basically and it's all about just the exploitation of it and right the crossover of, over of a chimp kind of being abused for entertainment and then like all these characters chasing this mm-hmm. this thing that does turn out to also be like a, a kind of dangerous predator that needs to be respected yeah you know, that's the kind of crossover I see. There's a couple of things I was a bit confused by in the movie. Like, I, I don't remember if it's because uh, I went to the bathroom at the wrong time or what happened, but I was hoping you could help fill me in. Um, so in the context mm. of the um, the show that Stephen Young is doing, it was the implication that like he had he was successfully able to like show a crowd alien things at any point or was it like he was doing a fake thing and then they really showed up i don't know if that's really clear i yeah. was also a bit confused on that as well he he was kind of making out the he was saying that every friday it showed up and maybe you yeah, could like, see it fly in the distance yeah, or something it, it, something it, like it was that. definitely like that was the first time it had like abducted a large group of yeah. people in that kind of way <laughs> or like came that close i guess even yeah because he he, he he has a line about how like he, this hasn't happened before or something like this, but you'd also imagine that there'd be a a much bigger crowd if he'd been doing this and showing it off for weeks and weeks, whereas the crowd's kind of pointed out to be pretty slim picking. So maybe it was more vague. Yeah, and then what what exactly was the cloud? Also, what did that turn out to be? I th- I think I missed that part. I think that is the show. The cloud was kind of like a camouflage. Just yeah. for the alien, so like, like cloud was just the alien hanging yeah. out there in one spot, or, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I saw it, you know, like in the deep ocean or whatever. Like an octopus can like camouflage into mm-hmm. whatever. Mm, or, I saw true. it as like a, a natural kind of phenomenon like that. Right. Okay. You really, really unique design of that ship. Like I like the. It looks it's cool. Like kind of a cloth it's made of. Yeah. Yeah. That was really interesting. I like the colors. Yeah, too. I looked up. Um, I looked up who designed it. And it was this um, aeronautics engineer who <laughs> reverse engineers jellyfish, and you can like that. Made, that when I read that, that made it make a lot of sense to me because I was seeing all these okay. like kind of deep ocean like mm. natural like patterns in the way like it. It's like a big reveal the way it unfolds towards the end and kind of starts gliding around, and it's yeah, like it's very mesmerizing. It's no longer the, it, it the is like something yeah. you see, like a like a sea creature that's like really you know hidden deep in the ocean. It is like yeah, exactly something like that. Like it feels kind of real. Um, I, one of the more things I was confused about was like toward the end with the cinematographer. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Like, oh yeah, why did he like suck him like intentionally? I think it was to get the shot the ship. Yeah, it was partly that, right? He, and he says, like, you know, it's, um, what's the term for it? It's like sunset 
hour like oh, golden hour lighting <laughs> oh golden yeah, hour, yeah. yeah it's like it's perfect lighting for that so he's like oh i gotta get the shot right so it's like but it's also kind of like he went crazy like he just snapped and like yeah but as he walks yeah. away he's saying like we don't deserve this or something along those lines yeah. so i wasn't sure if you because i thought like oh is his plan to get the shot while going up and then when it spits out yeah like hopefully the someone camera, gets the footage maybe they're able to salvage it yeah yeah, but that didn't work out for him. That's why I was like, oh, because it just spits yeah. it out, right? And then the footage is all destroyed. Like, definitely that footage got destroyed. He was a kook. He was kind of crazy. Yeah, it's like he just lost it. Um, yeah. I guess he was sick of, like, editing all that old footage of, like, you know, octopuses on, like, oh, damn. Cr- sea creatures, like, or whatever. So, what there's the something fuck? like that going on there. God. I think it's supposed it. to be kind of vague. There's, like, so many vague elements of it. And,. Like, but there's a lot of, like, dialogue in this movie that's, like, exposition, but you don't really, like, pick up on it, but there's, like, so much yeah, nice going on in the dialogue that's, like, explaining, yeah, things and, like, oh, you don't even notice it necessarily. Um, yeah, especially because the, the two leads have such great chemistry. They really yeah, sell it. Yeah, they're great. And they've got a great uh, dynamic with his, with Daniel Kaluuya, or Kaluuya, um... He's like really yeah, he's underplayed and yeah. compared to his sister who's really vibrant and she's got all these like eccentric costumes and or outfits, yeah. I mean. And he doesn't have a lot of dialogue, which is great. And yeah, he's like very under understated and yeah, Kiki Palmer's very like animated. Yeah. Yeah. Great opening scene as well. I love the whole like, what is it? Like the the penny killing his dad and how like yeah. tragic and strange oh, and yeah mysterious is speaking of the thing yeah 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 true <laughs> yeah he was good very briefly in it yeah i had no, i was i was like what you're in this movie i didn't expect him to crazy die that quick and it was brutal like it was blood cool, shooting yeah. out of his eye yeah. In the car. yeah when he's in the car yeah. yeah so i mean it's like so much there's so much going on in it it's so dense every frame is so much going on <laughs> george lucas <laughs> Except good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, and then I wonder if there's like significance to it, like killing him through his eye. When we're talking about like viewer and like that's kind of a kind of from a viewfinder sort of thing. Like watching, like I there's more to chew yeah. on here, you know? Or if, yeah, if that was just like oh, random. Sure. Yeah, or if like maybe Keith David looked up like, at the sky. One and of the posters I'd... is just like a horse's eye and the reflection of like through that, you know. Yeah, right. Well, I don't know if you've seen the poster with like Steven Yoon, like looking up, mm-hmm. like but his hat. If you if you look at it, okay, it basically it. just looks like the UFO in the movie. Oh yeah, like, on the only on the poster. Yeah, it just looks like the UFO was floating above his head. Hey, maybe I could pull it up here and just send it. Yeah, I do really like those posters of uh, all the characters looking up. So, yeah. it's, all, it's all immediately intriguing. Um, hmm. It's a, yeah, I love, there's a lot of really, really cool visuals in this. And yeah, that, that one scene, particularly with, you know, the interior of people getting like digested and shit, I was like, whoa, that's pretty scary. Like, that's pretty terrifying. Oh, yeah. Like, you're fucked. You're abs- absolutely. That's like, genuinely done. horrifying. Claustrophobic and yeah. yeah, really good sound design. Like, no hope. Yeah. Like, Jesus. But, and as it's kind of, like, gliding around and you can hear the, like, screams, like, yeah. an amusement park, like, coming from the hole, it's, like, yeah, really fucked up. That would be, like, honestly, that's... No matter how I die, <laughs> I don't want there to be a bunch of, like, screaming people around me. That's just so uncomfortable, you yeah. know? Yeah. I don't like I don't like screaming people. It's 
it's very disturbing. Yeah, and that, I guess it's, yeah, it's really yeah. dark. There's like a, there's, it's like an audience of like children. There's like the the, yeah. the girl from the flashback who had her face ripped off. Oh and yeah, just a ran- bunch of random families there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Hmm. Yeah, that's scarier to me than anything in his previous movies. Like that's that's some existential, like horrifying, I, I like being eaten by a bear, like t- type of fear. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it has like an esophagus, <laughs> like. Eaten by a large gay man. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bears, no, we're not gonna. We're still talking about. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys agree, but um, I I did feel the length of the movie a bit. I felt like yeah. there were some some pacing problems. Uh, that, that's the main thing from me holding mm-hmm. back from loving it. It could have been solid two hours. Yeah. I, f- I felt that to to a minor extent. Yeah, not not a lot. Just like ten minutes could have been cut out, or cut down. Yeah. yeah, just a little bit. Just a just a tad. Yeah, for sure. Because even with like the, you know, the horror movie trope of the you know the fake out scares and mm-hmm. with the the dress up kids and stuff, I feel like on a rewatch, stuff like that won't be as effective because you like know kind of where it's going yeah it wasn't yeah <laughs> upon a rewatch but you know it is so ambitious it's doing so much that like like i just really respect this movie that like how big a budget it was like how big it was and that it was able to like be this like experimental like person i saw it with thought it was really weird i'm like i guess i didn't take it that way but yeah i guess it is a very weird movie for like a, a like a like a general audience yeah. and it's really scary at points and it's really like like the whole thing going on with the ape and how that's not like literally connected to the story anyway it's like very jarring but i think that's intentional it's like all these really interesting things going on that like i feel like so many movies wouldn't take these risks yeah, but that's also one of the best um horror scenes oh yeah when the, when the chimp actually kind of freaks out which also has another fun parallel i saw um i think in the trivia where it's a, it's a balloon that pops that sets off the chimp and it's like a yeah. balloon popping that like finishes yeah. off the uh, true jean jacket or whatever they call it towards the end it's a balloon that looks like steven yoon and also if you notice in that scene there's like yeah a shot from the point of view of the ufo hmm. and it has like those green like felt things that come out of it right when you're sucked when it's getting sucked up or whatever so like yeah. from the point of view of that that camera it looks like like the green drapes kind of hanging over like Steven Yoon when he's like getting attacked by the chimp in that scene. Like you see like the the like the float come up oh, that yeah, looks yeah. like Steven Yoon and then there's like that green stuff coming from the alien. It's like kind of blocking the field of view. Mm, yeah, I love like visual parallels like that. Yeah, they're definitely going for something there. Um, like that's why the alien had green whatever felt <laughs> yeah this makes me want to watch it again right away yeah it's pretty um, interesting but the 4k yeah. blu-ray is not out yet so whatever. even if i don't have like all the answers for it i think that's like kind of the point also like these are very mm-hmm. weird like the the more you explain like like alex said though like the less scary it becomes like the less it has that impact on you because like seeing it twice i i don't know if i have like any more answers than i did the first time like i i get more what it's going for i like picking up on those like the racial allegory and the stuff he puts in all his movies it's always like this racial component um but mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't really a lot of these things just don't matter to me it just makes the movie scarier you know it, it's like explaining too much would take away from the horror really 
I was enjoying the movie until he made it political. I'm just <laughs> yeah, it's like the whole movie. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I have in my notes, um, there's, there was an interesting, like, in the end credits, they had, like, Western film genre music um, and, like, Western mm-hmm. aesthetic for, like, set of the film, too, which was kind of interesting. Mm, um, yeah. But one thing that stood out to me when I watched it is that some of the music felt a bit inappropriate during pivotal scenes. There's like some points where it got like kind of stereotypical and like kind of cheesy. Um, what do you think like too triumphant? Or? Uh, I don't remember. It was yeah. like, th- there was like a bit of tension, bit of triumphant, you know, like it, it a better sc- musical score would have made the film better for me. I still liked it a lot. Um, and yeah, I agree that there's some pacing issues. I think it took a while to get into the meat of the film from the beginning of yeah. it. Um, but who knows, maybe now that I've watched it once, maybe the uh, scenes in the first half will have more significance because I've seen the whole thing. Maybe, you know, yeah. maybe there will be a lot more Yeah, because that first viewing it is kind of disjointed. To, like, how, it starts with like the, the ape stuff and then it yeah. like, jumps around to the dad dying and it's like kind of all over the place, but it does kind of nicely come together, so... The fact that I am kind of so eager to see it again, though, is, like, always a good sign. Yeah. And it's just got so many, like, cool details in it. Like, I really liked how they used that, um, kind of tying in that, that clip from, like, the military that, like, came out a few years ago with, like, that yeah. weird disc, like, in the ocean and kind of tying that in and just the whole animal mm. side of it. I just... Yeah. I liked how it disabled cameras and, like, it had some EMP thing like it's very practical like why it was never photographed really at all yeah like all the electrics and, it, and yeah the way that ties yeah, into the plot yeah. they need a cinematographer with an analog camera and like all that was so interesting like the process of like them trying to figure out how to outsmart the thing really great movie mm-hmm. better universal movie than jurassic world dominion that's for sure yeah just just a <laughs> uh, <laughs> bit more original yeah <laughs> <laughs> so this is more of like what i want to see for sure, if Universal's listening, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. Universal, I, make make Nope too. <laughs> make like original movies. Like it could be about anything. Just yeah. just don't make Jurassic World movies. <laughs> Universal, yeah. make a Jordan Peele clone. You have the technology. I think the Daniels signed a deal with Universal, so they're like they're making stuff with them. Oh really? Now. Yeah, I think so. No like a way. Three picture they have deal. a deal with Universal. I think now? so. Something like that. I'll, I'll double check, but yeah, pretty sure. So, yeah, they got, like, a lot of cool people working for them, and Nolan, you know? Yeah. It's funny you uh, mentioned um, that, that awful Jurassic Park movie. Cause... Nolan's just spiteful against Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know he's going to make a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but the the uh, the original Jurassic Park, like, that was, it was kind of a similar theme going on with the, like, don't mess with nature, like, the expectation, yeah. make turning something natural into, like, a theme park. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, right. Then Don't mess with Zohan. Continue on. <laughs> yeah, I will say though, um, uh, uh, the TMZ guy and the and the cameraman, the cinematographer, oh, yeah. they they were just a, a little bit too cartoonish for me. Mm-hmm. Like everything else was like seemed like fairly grounded. Like even the the side character, um, Alex or something. Kiki Palmer was a little cartoonish too, to an extent. 
I think that like their dynamic. But she, but she had such a chemistry with the lead. Yeah, it was good and chemistry, it was, and that really worked. Yeah, she's yeah. very bubbly, bounced so that, off. That worked for me. Well. But then when he comes in, and he's he's almost like from like an old western with his like <laughs> the timber in his voice. Yeah, he's like kind of I don't know. There's something about him, and then like s- screaming as hard as he could as he was like spinning the the camera around and lifted into yeah. it. <laughs> the bottom of the the creature. Yeah. Do you mean the guy from Fry's Electronics Store, like the other comedic relief? Yeah, he was he was fine. Like he was, I was yeah, okay, I was with, okay him. with him too. He could have been much more like irritating in like this kind of movie, especially. But he was, yeah, yeah. pretty well balanced. I like how he just like yeah. chooses to stick around. Like he like keeps bothering them, and they were like, "Oh, there's nothing we could do here." I mean, he's going to tell everybody. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, he just wants to. See yeah, it. he's just like bored, <laughs> and it's just kind of I interesting. I like how Kate from Euphoria was in there too. Oh yeah, eating some cheetos. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know. Um, but yeah, he like helps out too. Like he's the one, the Fry's electronics guy. He's the one like discovers that the cloud is like in the same spot for like weeks or whatever days. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't have much else to say. Like, there's a lot going on there for sure. Uh, it was fun to watch yeah. it again. Like, it's not like a chore to sit through again. It's very entertaining. I think that's the biggest thing. It's a very like, entertaining movie. I, I would recommend it to most people, I feel. And in some ways, it's like more accessible than like anything else he's made. I think it's definitely better than Us. Like you were saying, Alex, definitely better than that. Yeah. I think everyone has that opinion. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Everybody thinks it's better than yeah. Us. Than, like, yeah. Even the political stuff is more subtle. Yeah. It's just like much more entertaining. Um, I like when he works with Daniel Kaluuya, too. I think they work really well together, Jordan Peele and Daniel Coley. Yeah. Yeah. They're like Scorsese and Yeah, he's a great yeah. he's a great actor. I'd love yeah. his style. Yeah, very different character than Get Out also and like most other characters he's played. Uh so yeah, if you want to get into ratings, that's fine. I don't really have anything to say. Seven out of ten. Yeah. I'd give it eight out of ten. Yeah, I I gave I rated it like a, a seven, but it's like a really high seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, on rewatch, you could e- probably easily go up to like an A or four, four yeah, star. That's possible. It's really interesting. And talking about it is just like there's there's a lot to like unpack and like there's a lot to think about and so many like memorable sequences. Like I'd happily watch it again just to see the the execution of like the reveal of the the ship like unfolding. Yeah. And just the design the of it, scene. And the, the freaky yeah. way it looks. Yeah, and that like it's it is disturbing mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. A lot of mysteries left unanswered. Like, I don't feel like I understand the movie anymore, like, after this conversation, which is a good thing. In a satisfying yeah. way, you don't feel like you're, like, blue-balled. It's like you actually, you get just enough. Just just learning that it's, like, an animal, you can kind of just kind of assume mm-hmm. and get a lot of the fear from that. Partly, yeah. But you actually, like, think about the movie when it's over. You don't just, like, oh, all right, I, I, I figured it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, because it's, so, it's trying <laughs> uh-huh. to say so much. Yeah, I, I figured it out. I moved on. Yeah, really cool. Really cool movie. Much better than I thought it was going to be. Yes, yeah, I All right. That was a nope. You want to talk about Black Phone or news stories? We could. Yeah. We're. How much do we have to say about I think we have. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. We're going to talk about Black Phone. Yeah, I want to hear what the you guys The Black said. Phone starring Ethan Hawke. It's a Blumhouse <laughs> okay. film. And I, from what I've seen in our ratings, we all kind of have different opinions. Yeah, so this should be really Yeah, fun. that's why. I, I liked it more okay, than you cool. guys, I think. Um, yeah. I don't like, I'm not in yeah, love with I it. I can't even remember. I can't even remember the, the film, let alone what I even rated <laughs> it. Like, it was, it was such a just non experience. I think you rated me. it like a fucking 
half star or some shit. Yeah, really, like nah, it wasn't that. Exp- it wasn't that extreme. Yeah, it was, it was low. Mean, like, um, <laughs> it was one and a half star. One and a half. It was one and a half star. So so pretty harsh. Yeah. Well, I could start with, like like criticisms of it. So like to match you guys, um, was just like the dialogue. Mm-hmm. I think was like one criticism I had that they didn't yeah. sound like kids in the in that time it's, they sounded like adults <laughs> it's like in the giving first exposition. 20 minutes particularly well there's just like so many the walk and talk sequences awful. with like the you know the sister character and the brother character she's like blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. it's just like a bunch of like exposition like constantly saying the character names <laughs> yeah there's like yeah. really corny yeah. parts with like the the kid with the bandana or whatever in the bathroom uh, like with the bullies yeah. and that's pinball pete yeah, they're just like trying to give you all this information, and not not a subtle way like like how Get Out or, yeah. or like uh, how Nope did it, like you know, very subtly giving you the exposition, but working in jokes and like character moments, and you know, like really good actors. I don't think there are like any actors alive who could have delivered this dialogue and made it sound like convincing. Um, especially like mm. anyone under like 21 or like a young actor. Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was, they were also giving it to kid actors. That was like, what well, I couldn't get into it mostly because of that. Like it was. It's a real rough first 20 minutes. Mm hmm. Yeah. I, I feel. It's a real rough parts. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's so weird because it's not, I don't think it's not like a bad movie to me. Um, there are parts of it that are like solid for sure. Um, and then like even when the acting starts getting better, uh, when the little girl is like reacting, you know, she's having an argument with the father character, and he's like threatening to beat her, and she's like, "I'll drop the f- vodka bottle." Like she seems like she's doing a great job, but uh, again, the writing, even I, I believe within that scene, that like the dad's just like force feeding this exposition where he's like your mother had visions and you're having them too and it's not real <laughs> and it's just like i boy like, yeah. <laughs> i want like it just just while i'm appreciating the child actor being a bit better it's like Ugh, dialogue yeah it, it seemed like it was trying to do a stephen king mm-hmm. thing it's such a weird scene that movie i feel like i feel like totally it was off from like the rest of what was going on which is a little more like cheesy and that was like really disturbing i thought that scene of like him abusing his kid i'm like i don't know like the whole audience was kind of like uncomfortable that part maybe that's the point Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah but this is a blumhouse horror movie too i like i like movies that kind of go a bit hard even though this kind of did but didn't yeah that was probably the best scene yeah that's one of the better scenes in terms of the acting there yeah Uh, but like the what where they took that dad character i wasn't really a fan of like in other scenes he's just like a normal dad i guess that's kind of how alcoholics are they're very like bipolar like they just fucking snap like that um Mm -hmm. but it was just like at the end of the movie he's like begging for forgiveness or i don't know if we're in spoilers but like you know that end scene is like there's supposed to be some kind of arc there with his kids and i'm like oh i don't really know if that works for me at all it's like (laughs) that all that shit with like the dad and yeah it's like a lot of weird directions the plot goes in that kind of go nowhere that are kind of weird i guess i can get him more into now yeah it's not like an official review the girl didn't do anything and her psychic powers not didn't really matter. exactly like the whole shining part of the story <laughs> yeah, they changed nothing about the outcome 
And I think the reason why that is, somebody said in my comment section, like, it's based off of a short story that didn't have her in it, and it wouldn't be long enough to make a movie, so they just made half the movie about her psychic shit. Oh, that make, okay. And that influenced nothing. Yeah, what did she even do? She, like, found yeah, the house. I was confused by the supernatural mm-hmm. element. I was, too. She found the house that the other kids were buried in, and then they they did the whole, you know expectation reverse thing and the cops are going in and you think he's going to get saved and then they're like well looks like there's nothing here oh wait there's a basement and then oh wait it's the basement has just dead kids bodies nothing else and there's nobody there and then it's like oh he had two properties across the street from each other (laughs) Uh (laughs) which is funny and his brother was visiting (laughs) yeah it was there was like yeah it was like some Silence of the Lambs type reveal where like they go to the wrong house. It's like the same exact thing at the end of that movie. Um, yeah. yeah. As far as like like Ethan Hawke, like I get like what the Ethan Hawke character is trying to do, like keeping the kid in the basement and like toying with him. Like they, they play a game where like the kid tries to escape and you know like he catches the kid and brings him back inside. But it just went on for too long to I felt. It was like unrealistic to a degree. I'm like, why isn't he just like kill him? Like, or like do something. It's just like it goes yeah, well, on for so long. It's because he's just not he doing enjoys anything. the fucking toying with him sort of thing. Cause yeah, he's a fucking pervert or something. I don't know. He said it's some kind um, of game. Yeah, it's not yeah. really clear like what's going on with that character. And I guess also his brother was visiting, but that was all really silly. <laughs> Iggy from The Wire is visiting him. Yeah, the brother stuff just appears <laughs> yeah. out of nowhere. Well, it ma- it makes it really weird because at the beginning of the movie, um, Finny and I, <laughs> his name, um, he says like. Mm. Uh, who who are they? Like I don't remember what he did, he, but he did some verbal trick where he found out that there's more than one person. He's like, oh, oh, so you, there's more than one person here. And he's like, meh. Well, I've soundproofed the basement, so he won't hear. And it's like, okay, that's weird. And so that turned out to be the brother character. Um, and he's, you know, Ethan Hawke is explicitly talking about how he soundproofed the basement for this. But then, like, a core part of the movie is the whole like, oh, he leaves the door open as a trick and sleeps upstairs on the main floor <laughs> yeah, I even and think waits about for the kid to come there but it's like it's a huge <laughs> risk right <laughs> yeah like and so all the other kids like i guess the brother wasn't visiting when he did that to the other kids or something whatever but still i don't know like what are you planning on doing dude like the you you're still playing that game where it's like oh i'm waiting for the kid to come up on the main floor but the, you said the basement soundproofed. The main floor clearly isn't because the dog was barking through the door when he tried to escape. We literally hear the brother yelling through the door, like at the end of that scene, and he's like, "It was just nothing." Blah blah blah. Like he heard something. Like I don't know why he's insisting on playing this weird game when he could just keep the yeah keep I, the it, kid in the basement. Oh, yeah, that's weird. It, it it's very silly. Uh, like sure, right. the guy's crazy. You can always like kind of just dismiss anything by saying that. Uh, yeah. If but, he killed the kid, if he killed the brother. Right. If he killed the brother in the basement, again, it's soundproof. You, like, the other brother wouldn't have heard it upstairs. Like, there's just so much that's, like, confusing about how that's all set up. And not in a good way, I feel. Not in, like, how no nope yeah. yeah. set all that up. It, like, it's, it seems like it, it's... I wish there was a bit more um, feeling of consistency in the movie. Because, you know, the, the Ethan Hawke... Uh, wakes the kid up and he's just like sitting like near his bed. He's like, I was watching you sleep. I'm a fucking pervert or something. And th- when you set that 
level of expectation up, then you, you're Was kind he of thinking, a pervert? I don't, I don't well, I don't, it doesn't matter. You know, just, it's I'm, just like, yeah. <laughs> scary mask, man. It was kept like so vague, though. Like, I didn't know what was going on with him. His whole thing is just the mask, basically. Yeah. You're setting up levels of expectation that he'll be, you know, like, I guess, keeping an eye on things or, you know, that he might watch him sleep again at some point or something that that wouldn't be the only time but then the rest of the movie like the kids tearing apart the entire basement and he never noticed it like he never notices that like the fucking window panel things missing or that he's like digging holes in the walls and the toilet and shit like it's just oh, weird yeah. and there's so much implied passage of time and it seems like the like he only ethan hawk only set foot in the basement just at that tiny bit at the beginning and then just to give him food and then at the end of the movie and that's it it's just like oh shit like it's, it's really kind of convenient, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, a lot of the, the horror moments, the, the scares, um, they, just, they, just, they just came across as kind of funny to me. Like, there's that one where there's the... There's one of the, like, dead kids communicating with the main character, and he, like, suddenly, like, is yanked into, like the background mm. and just like the timing this almost got like a comedic time into it i was just mm-hmm. like, it's a, <laughs> i don't even remember it's supposed to be like scary it was like <laughs> it just really yeah, wasn't ghosts, for me those ghosts or whatever were only there for the audience right because yeah. like the kid didn't really see them it's just like there for the audience to be like oh it's a ghost kid i i wish it was a voice on the phone yeah that would have started yeah, out yeah. as a voice on the phone yeah. and that was creepy I thought that that worked well. Yeah, the fact that, that they better. had to like show them was weird. And then in terms, mm-hmm. it's it's so weird because it's completely contradictory to what I would like to see in this movie, uh, so that I would feel more scared about the villain and know what the consequences are. Is like there was no opening death scene. This is like the first Blumhouse film that yeah, decided yeah, not to yeah. have an opening death scene. So they're showing the already dead kids, the ghost kids on the phone when it would be scarier as a voice and then they don't show any of the actual deaths of the kids any of the like here's why you're supposed to be scared of the villain you know that's that's a pretty standard setup for like horror movies you know like and not every horror movie has to be the same and that could have filled some of the time it's bizarre that this is the one where they didn't do that that and it's like oh it just so happens that all the cast members are children like okay grow some fucking balls jason blum not even your movie <laughs> fucking yeah. director of uh what is in, in no what was it called it's just strange it. yeah what was the yeah, other horror movie they made with that. scott derrickson yeah sinister thanks yes yeah, i like that one a little more i like the film parts in that movie yeah i much prefer sinister over this yeah mm-hmm. i did not like sinister yeah it does it does feel well they're both like average horror movies to me or like a bit above average because they have like some cool parts like you're right, Alex. There's like so many parts that just feel like kind of filler. It's like they're just padding out time. Um, the opening of the film, like the opening credits, it was like a Netflix show or something. It's like Jerry to Jerry Blumhouse present. <laughs> yeah. And I gotta admit, part of it for me is like this film is getting like pretty good kind of coverage. Like it's got like a seven on IMDb. Well, yeah. For yeah, a Blumhouse yeah. horror movie, it's <laughs> actually decent. It's better than Texas Chainsaw Massacre that came out this year that they made. The crossover in terms of like the, co- the one of the most common comments I got of people being mad that I liked men is also saying that I didn't like the black phone. They're like, this guy gave men an eight and the black phone a five. Like as if that's like an insult to me. <laughs> that's so funny. Like this was this was the one. <laughs> this was the one that's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm so guess, crazy yeah. for liking men because I don't like this one as much. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. The, the movies like No Poor Men, they they leave you thinking in some way. That was just, it's kind of hollow to me. Like, like, yeah, it's playing with all these kind of ideas, but. This is not a watch more than once movie, for sure. Oh, yeah. No, I'll never see this again. Like, I, mm. I genuinely haven't thought a single thought about this movie since I watched it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I, the whole, I, like, mask thing, and I, I needed more reasons to be scared. I wasn't really familiar mm. with who directed this until after, and so by the end of it, I was like, this is pretty good for someone's first movie, and then I realized they directed, like, six other movies, <laughs> and I, shit. I guess oh, yeah, he's been working in Hollywood for yes. a long time. Yeah. yeah. He's a guy. <laughs> right. That's why it's weird he made, like, a horror movie. I guess they make money. Fucking motorcycle coming by. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not... I don't think it was a high budget. It's like a... You know, that's it's part of the Blumhouse model, yeah. you know? Don't spend a lot, but yeah. the return is, like, decent. Yeah, I guess. Black phone budget. Yeah, not much at all. 16, 16 million? Like, yeah, so it's, it's, about, it's about, like, child abduction. It should be horrifying. Like, room or something. <laughs> that's scary. Mm-hmm. I didn't Prisoners. like Prisoners. Yeah. Like, all these mo- I don't know. Yeah, I liked it more <laughs> than this. Like... <laughs> At least it's I like didn't consistent. like the room. <laughs> Tommy White's <Wiseau. laughs> Oh, yeah, sorry. That's, that's what I meant. <laughs> I, I did like the like abduction scene with the brother character. That was like kind of well done to me. If there's like anything I like about it, like, I don't know. It was mm-hmm. just very quick. And I feel like there's like some imagery there that still kind of sticks with me. At the same time, there's like, didn't he like spray paint his mouth or like, did he, like put some kind of oh, like, yeah, it was like Mad drug. Max Fury Road yeah. when he's like, uh, you know, Getting like they're going to Valhalla or whatever. This, yeah, spraying them in the face with like the the, the gray silver stuff. <laughs> it like reminded me of that also. It was a chemical or something. I liked the look of the room that he's in with the black phone. I thought that it was cool. Yeah, just with, I liked like, all the, that stuff. Yeah, too. Ceiling so. being so tall yeah. and the walls kind of reminding me of like this rustic, decayed, like Silent Hill thing. Is rustic even the right right word? Rusted? Mm-hmm. Are those the same? <laughs> definition yeah right i don't know yeah rusted and rustic i think are different (laughs) i do like the focus on the one location yeah the the child actors were not bad it's just the dialogue sucked it was the dialogue it was really the dialogue that was like bad about it right i do like the setting like that's kind of a creepy setting like the 80s you know kids like just kind of walked around like did whatever they wanted yeah they had like abusive parents <laughs> like that <laughs> so like there was like something going on with the setting and like and yeah like the one location i do appreciate like an original horror movie it's a cut above blumhouse's other stuff but yeah there's like all these all these problems like you know that i had with it too i'm like mm-hmm. yeah it's a good horror movie i just wish i liked it as much as like other people did and I, I would like recommend it to like a crowd like a general audience i feel like it's a good like like I feel like it's a decent horror movie for like a, a general audience. It's just not really what I'm looking for. It needed like a bit more of a like an edge to it, mm. you know, or like more blood or like some more like really disturbing parts. Like yeah, you know, like Ethan Hawke characters like yeah, too vague. Kind of like if they had made him like more perverted, that would have at least been like memorable or something. That like that would I would have like oh shit, this guy's like crazy, but he's just like an average like killer like. I don't know. This is yeah. something really stood out to him. Yeah, that's what I mean about most of the fear just coming from his, like, costume design. I think that's what, like, <laughs> kind of is supposed to carry it, like the creepy mask thing. But that, I don't know, to, I don't know there's yeah. something about that just isn't on its own. It's, like, not enough. If 
the unpredictability too carried it for me because i didn't know anything about it going in so i'm like mm -hmm. is ethan hawk mm -hmm. like a ghost like what is this whole like paranormal element like especially with the sister but then once it gets to the end it's like oh okay that didn't really go anywhere it's like i guess the ghost kids were talking to her trying to get them to find the body yeah it's like that had nothing to do with like how the brother was found or like the brother's like across the street yeah and it's like he's like doing his own b plot or something um yeah, I, I I don't know. It's like a lot going on there, I guess. But I I also just don't find ghosts very scary. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah, me neither. Maybe some I mean, they are. can be. I'm sure if like you're scared of ghosts, yeah, I guess it just depends how you do it. Like, but you know, that, I, I bet if you're terrified of ghosts or whatever, you think they're real. You'd be like, oh my god, this movie is like ghost kids. It's, holy shit! But yeah, it depends. If, like, if we're talking about ghost or like just paranormal horror because like paranormal horror can you know it, it could be like i don't know caused by a ghost or something you know like yeah, there can be like, like kind good, of fantasy yeah, horror things that happen like that. in a paranormal and, way yeah right like even Blair house Witch. Is like i don't know is that ghost like being eaten by a piano is kind of scary <laughs> like what's sure. going on there that's all but, allegorical like yeah. even nope you could take it like as allegorical also yeah with like the the creature yeah it's just like i don't know <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm going to read a comment that somebody left on my, um, that Uncle Dane left on my uh, review for this film, saying, I find mm. it pretty strange that mainstream horror films are still afraid to show a kid getting killed on screen when Hereditary, It, and to an extent A Quiet Place, some of the most successful horror films of the last 10 years, center their entire plot around a kid, get, kid getting horribly killed on screen in the first act. I think, like, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Like, it is, it does True. seem kind of bullshitty and cowardly when the entire the, the the entire selling point of the movie or the, like the entire i i guess implication of the movie is like you have these children characters one of them's a main character and in order for the fear tension elements to work you have to believe that they're in some sort of danger right you have to believe that there might be some risk of them dying in the film and if you don't have if you're if you're not willing to show that happening to any of the side characters if you're not willing to show that happening to like anybody then it's like well you can't really prove that the risk is there like you're not showing you're, yeah you're mm, told it's a, right. a threat instead of showing it the, the, that's why horror movies have an opening death is to show you like this is what the killer's capable of like at the very first yeah. part mm. of it follows you see like, oh my god, that's a mangled body right there. You don't see exactly them being killed, <laughs> but you see, like, it, it, you, you get a pretty graphic image of, like, oh my god, like, you have to fill in some things with your mind. And that makes the rest of It Follows scary. If it didn't show that, like, right. then a walking person mm -hmm. towards the screen wouldn't be as scary. But because you're like, oh god, there's, like, something f really crazy and fucked up happened here, like, right? Otherwise, like, yeah, I don't know, just... For sure. just dead bodies like, like the there was nothing particularly graphic or you're, imaginate you're right. imaginative yeah. about the dead kids that they showed in black phone it was just like we're ghosts like they looked like your average ghost and like they could have been taken from fucking haunting of hill house or something like they could have been taken from another property <laughs> like i don't know like it definitely would have benefited from like a little stinger at the beginning of like ethan hawk killing like one of the kids and then you see his missing poster later that definitely would have been a yeah huge... i don't know like a mangled body at the very least like a dead body, not like a talking like body with dead person makeup. Like a dead body. 
right? Yeah. There's a huge difference between that. Yeah, something to establish the stakes a bit better. Yeah. It it there's a reason why it's such a trope in horror movies. It's because it's it's borderline necessary depending on the type of horror movie you're making. Mhm. But and, and yeah, there's just like all that exposition just explaining it instead and Cowards. it's like so boring to sit through. <laughs> it's like you could have just like yeah, we could have seen all that happen or cowards yeah it's too sanitized really show me dead children <laughs> show me something i mean yeah yeah show me something that ain't the black phone please <laughs> yeah i i there are parts that i like i think that like the the acting from the children depending in, on the scene was like pretty exceptional and like much better like uh, there's a couple of these kids the son and uh, sorry the brother and sister character right like those i would like i would hope that they get like a good career and are in more things because given the right script and dialogue like they can clearly do something with that that's something mm-hmm, i really right. appreciate i don't think the look the film looked bad visually for the most yeah part, you know? like yeah that too yeah. I, I like the look of it i saw the girl the sister character and the gray man so she's getting like mm-hmm. work and other things. I'm like, oh, that's oh, good. That yeah. yeah, it's not a, not a great movie either. Um, and I can at least say in like the middle chunk of the film, which is like the meat of the film, the kids in the thing trying to get out, it was compelling to me. It was like, oh, it's a nice kind of like uh, escape room, you know, jigsaw, not quite, but like, you know, figure. I, I like the mystery of like, how do I get out of this one? Blah, 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 blah you know, uncovering little secrets and stuff. Like, that was fun. And getting the phone calls, like, yeah, I, I didn't hate my experience watching the film, but I will say, first 20 minutes, pretty horrendous. Last five minutes, pretty funny. Um, and it has a lot of problems. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, man, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't with this. Yeah, you, I do agree. It does have some interesting ideas, some interesting concepts. I do like the... The imagery of the black phone on the wall and how much of this is real and what he's imagining and but then they do just throw out this brother character the the supernatural elements it's and you're just not given enough i can't be doing with the the telling <laughs> yeah. instead of showing and, uh-huh. and just this just when when it attempts the horror in not landing for me and uh-huh. know, just kind of more humorous at times and yeah just, i hear you this this is just not for me i'm there's something about horror yeah, movies like I this. I just the brother character that was really silly. Yeah, especially because I just kept thinking it was Ziggy from The Wire. It's the same actor. Oh, oh yeah, That's he does look a bit like it. Yeah, he is Ziggy. I don't know if you've seen The Wire. Oh, I need to oh, watch what? it still. Did you not? Yeah, I didn't yeah. even twig because I, so I reckon like, he's like an it, right? <laughs> oh shit, I didn't even. Yeah, yeah right. I was just gonna double check. I'm, I'm almost positive. No, you're similar. probably right. No, it's yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, it's just so it's such an odd. I'm like, I guess he's glad. I'm glad he's getting to work. I'm giving this one a five out of ten. <laughs> I yep, bunch of problems. I That's appreciated some fair. things about it. I think yeah, it's. I think it is fair. I'm a very fair person. Yeah. <laughs> For like a crowd pleaser. I thought it was fine. Like the crowd yeah. seemed to enjoy it. The friend I saw it with really enjoyed it. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe I was like, maybe more. I would think I was persuaded by that. And also 
the fact that I hadn't seen Nope yet, <laughs> which is much better. Perfectly honest. Um, so it's still a six, but I, you know, I still don't hate the film. I thought it was decent enough. I was just like, I like an original horror. Movie. I thought it was going to annoy me to no end. I thought before mm-hmm. going into this movie, I no, thought like this is going to be like the most miserable bullshit. I thought it was going to be like one of those things where like every five seconds they were doing something to just like annoy me, like fucking a quiet place or something but <laughs> i enjoyed it more than i thought i would no there's like some clever stuff going on but yeah there's like i don't know you needed it needed like a little more work on it like the scripts or the dialogue especially there's just like so yeah. much exposition it was like really kind of dumb at I points just, yeah i found like once i was about an hour in and i'm like checking my watch like I can't connect with any of these characters. I can't connect with the scares. I, I need some, I need something yeah. to attach myself to, and I, I couldn't with this. I'm glad people are enjoying it, but this is a no-go for me. One and a half star. I'm not fair with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right. It is time for the film that was recommended by Alex. Um, yes. Take it away. Yeah, going back to... To nope and the nice kind of neo western. Nope's not really like that much of a western. It's got some vague kind of western imagery, but yeah. Brobat Mountain was my my choice. Um, was that two thousand and four, five, two thousand and five? Yeah. Uh, Ang Lee, um, Gemini the Man. Basic story is the Hulk. He's he's made some <laughs> some interesting films, huh? Yeah, mm, a lot of variety. <laughs> introducing like the the marvel characters to the big screen in a major way um <laughs> yeah he made this right after the hulk i think like this was like yeah know, maybe yeah. Years next after. success but yeah unlike the hulk um this is pretty masterful right here but the the basic plot is basically about about the injustice of uh how two two men's lives are gradually torn apart due to general attitudes and circumstances that are out of the control of the lead characters and the tragedy that, that follows. These are two sheep wranglers in 19, well, starting in 1963 and unfolding the, their lives and yeah, the, the, the ultimate tragedy of it and the sadness of it. Um, I'd always like heard this movie. I hadn't seen it until watching it for the this episode and it always kind of been reduced to the gay cowboy movie that's how it was always like advertised how people (laughs) gay cowboy movie (laughs) would describe it as but is it wrong that's how i describe it (laughs) uh i guess it's not wrong but it i know what you mean it's i feel like it's it 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 cheapens it to reduce it just to that it's it's saying quite a lot and it's a, a really complicated emotionally um like movie and story like it's a a truly fucked up central conflict where like there's no real like villainous characters or anything like that it's just about people falling in love in a time where it just simply wasn't acceptable and yeah just I a mean, statement of that depending on where you live it's still <laughs> pretty bad well um, y- yeah yeah uh yeah the, 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 in 2005 the climate of like films like major films like something that would appear in 
theaters is you, you know for for a long time gay characters were just used comedically if anything um yeah and so that's why inevitably you know even if you tr- if you even if you release something that's genuine and heartfelt featuring two gay characters that you're supposed to take seriously of course it's going to become a joke like and i grew up you know around that time being in school when this movie was released like it was it was essentially the punchline of every joke it was essentially you know you not yeah. even just in, with school children in like you know mainstream you know television and, and comedy like the the punchline of a joke would be like broke back mountain and it would be like haha it's funny because it's gay um and i think you know just mm-hmm. with things that with things that people are confused about or unfamiliar with or scared of or weirded out by, you know, normal uh, instinctual kind of responses from human beings is just to treat it humorously. Like some people have that reaction with um, issues like death, you know, where, where people, Mm -hmm. you know, turn something into a joke. Like I, I do that with some issues, you know? So, um, yeah, it's kind of inevitable and I don't I don't necessarily fault people in a way of like oh you're a bad person if uh you've ever used <laughs> brokeback mountain as a joke or if you can't take it seriously because they're gay. But I think it is just like I think it is a part of our like human cultural social evolution and it this is this is like a an important milestone in a sense this film. Oh yeah. Yeah, and yeah. just like from the starting point of having like the, the characters are cowboys, which is like such a like comically traditionally kind of masculine type of character, especially in cinema. Mm-hmm. Having that, having them be like the lead and exploring like se- sexuality in this way with that that kind of framing is uh, is really interesting to me. It's like it's so subtle, it's so so well executed. Uh, I'm curious what um, your initial thoughts are, Ralph. Yeah, it's like a very mainstream film. Like, so it's bound to get that kind of stuff, like when it came out. I'd say it's kind of like a, a groundbreaking film, like a game changer in terms yeah. of that and introducing like a, an audience to like, yeah, like it's a, it's a gay movie. It's definitely about gay people. And like, but like, I like how you described it, Alex. It's like, there's, there's other things going on. It's like, yeah, it's about how like, society like you know basically drives them apart and like there's these other ways of of looking at it um just speaking from like the performances i thought they were really great especially heath ledger he was like really good in the movie i was like wow he's he's such a fucking great actor like he has like this the way he carries himself and his voice i'm like yeah he's great in this and jake gyllenhaal too and everybody but it was like mainly him he like really blew me away blew me <laughs> who's really <laughs> great in the movie um yeah I'm, I'm gonna make gay jokes but like it's it's a great movie i feel more like bareback mountain am i right um <laughs> fuck <laughs> so many jokes to make yeah because it's such like a huge film such a mainstream hit um got like oscars and or at least like nominations i think and oh yeah when uh, i really like the something. score as well no, yeah, that was one of the so. dramas, right? Because it's on top of the inherent nature of it ushering in, like, a, like a, a gay movie of this scale and this kind of success. 
it, yeah. it lost a crash at the Oscars. So. Yeah, it. Uh, mm, I was. Yeah. yeah, I was looking at much the, better uh, movie than that. There's uh, best picture noms, and uh, I have yet to see Capote, but uh, I don't think the other two would be better than Brokeback if I watch them. We'll see, but yeah, Crash. I would, Brokeback's a lot better than Crash. Let's let's say that pretty definitively for most people. I think. Yeah, that was a real snub from them. That's one of the worst picks like that I could think of from the Oscars was Crash. <laughs> uh, Ang Lee won. Yeah, so that for was director good. for best adapted yeah. screenplay and best music, which I'm happy about. Remember, um, yeah, the music's great. Yeah, this is from Gustavo Santaolalla, who did The Last of Us, whose uh, soundtrack. Oh, who did? I didn't um, even know that. That's why it yeah. sounded like The Last of Us. And I like uh, <laughs> most of uh, Inyaritu's films, he also scored. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Amoris Paros. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like. Um, I always feel like the for the Oscars anyway, usually the the best writing category is usually the best film. Like whatever they pick for best screenplay. Mm-hmm. That's that's usually how I feel. Oh yeah, this is definitely Promising than Young Crash. Women. Not always. <laughs> usually Tarantino's win. I don't even know if Tarantino's won for directing, but he's won for writing. Yeah. I usually agree with those. Oh, one best film at the BAFTAs. So, the mm. what? <laughs> no one cares about those. <laughs> well, Alex, every year in a silly little country, <laughs> they have a pretend Oscars. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how it fucking feels. Very, uh, very different yeah. for Ang Lee, too. He's usually an action director, you know, very stylized stuff, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Life of Pi. Yeah, I haven't seen all of this filmography. I think I saw Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon like a long time ago, and I would Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't comment on it without like rewatching it but I think mm-hmm. like I haven't seen Lust Caution but that's kind of like a romance thriller or something yeah is it yeah drama history mm-hmm. romance that's okay that's one that's not necessarily somebody told me that one of his um, earlier films was also uh, LGBT related but I don't remember which one and I didn't see it um, but someone was mentioning that to me Either way, um, I, I think it's kind of incredible. Like, the film is really great, but having this be a, you know, decent budget, big, <laughs> you know, name director, like, actual studio, I think it was like Focus Features or something, but, um, you know, there, yeah, there's... Yeah, named actors who aren't gay. The, there's a of. there's people putting their faith in this project when at the same time like i don't know like 2005 you're still kind of pushing the boundaries in terms of like whether or not it will help or hurt your career um it, there was yeah, no definitely. telling really whether or not this would be something that like audiences would have like backlash for in terms of like your career from that point forward um because there wasn't there wasn't a lot <laughs> like this, no. you know, it, in mainstream especially. Like it, it, this is a pretty unique movie in that sense. Um, like even since then, like how many have there been any like real major like gay romance stories? Like I don't know. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Like have there been, have there I'm been like here or there? Really? Like, 
I love you, Philip Maurice. Uh, milk. Uh, of... I now pronounce you Chuck mm-hmm. and Larry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not quite like this. Yeah, but like Milk is like a biopic of like a political figure who was gay. And it's like, yeah, I guess there mm-hmm. were like a, a romantic, there was a romantic subplot in that, I think. I don't remember. But like, this is like truly just at its core, like a a major production about two men that love each other and that's what the movie really is um and it's difficult to make you know a a movie about uh two gay lovers that doesn't uh, also have political statements to make about like homophobia you know it's kind of like engraved in the subject matter because that's real life um Mm -hmm. especially that they are like cowboys yeah especially the time period culture but the, yeah. but it, it adds so much period, to the yeah. story, and there's so much more to say with that angle, too. Um, mm-hmm. It would be interesting to see something like this that has those same elements present and things that you can chew on in terms of, like, characters and, you know, how broken they are and how society's affected them. But it would be interesting to see something that isn't so, like, sad. Because <laughs> this is spoilers. We're going to get into spoilers. The ending's, like, really sad. Like, this is a sad movie. This is, like, kind of a depressing movie. It's great. But, yeah. Um, yeah. It has to be, though. It, yeah. makes it, it makes it so poignant. It makes it so powerful. Like, that's one of the things I've loved about it most was how the first, like, 30, 40 minutes or so is, like, really, like, relaxing and, like, it's so idyllic in the these like landscapes and these like colors and it's all like nature and the yeah. it's this like really like beautiful relationship like forming in front of you and then you get to that scene where Heath Ledger like talks about what his his dad showed him as a kid and it's like reminding you of like what time period they are in and it's like this kind of foreshadowing for what Heath Ledger's character thinks yeah. happens to Jake towards the end which is yeah. like the the fight, the execution of just getting the like how downplayed it is, just getting the postcard, ringing up uh, Anne Hathaway, and just like, just what the, the character has to go through in that moment. Yeah, and how he has it's to really just be so like reserved and yeah, and it is it's it's just the ultimate tragedy. It's it's heartbreaking. It's it's horrifying. Yeah, it's like a, a gigantic part of that tragedy is you know, thematically, like, this touches on similar elements to a film like Synecdoche in New York, um, where a huge part of the tragedy is, is like, loss and regret over, like, wasted time, you know, because... Yeah. Because he was scared. Like, Heath Ledger's character is, is a character who primarily lives their life based around fear. And, you know, we see that drilled into him at that young age and you see like the father's hand gripping his shoulder as he's showing him that that uh gay person's dead body essentially like yeah like raising him to be like hey if you turn out this way we're gonna fucking kill you like don't do this we're gonna Mm -hmm. kill you like literally and then inescapably because you know we're human beings and no one control can control their own desires no one can control what they like or what they're attracted to um you know, he grows up, he realizes internally that he, he is that way. And then we get these like tiny clues about, 
um, his overall behavior throughout the entire film. Like we see a lot of film, uh, sorry, we see a lot of scenes with Heath Ledger's character um, communicating and talking, but it's what we don't see off screen and what they allude to that really informs us about um, how his character truly is. One of the first uh, pieces of dialogue that we get with Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger is he's commenting and saying like, this is the most you've, talked this entire time you've been out here and he, he says like this is the most i've talked all year and we realize like how reserved he is and, and you know we don't see a lot of scenes with him being so silent because you know it's a narrative and there's only it's already like yeah. two and a half hours long or something two hours 20 um but with that information we could we can read in so much about like wow this guy is keeping everything about himself inside and he's he's able to share it and he's able to let it out with this other character um and he's he's driven by fear and just reserved throughout the entire rest of his life it's it's really kind of heartbreaking and sad yeah just the way they communicate like time passing as well to accentuate just like how it is a lifetime kind of like of of pain like stretched out just so so subtle with the like the costumes the technology the vehicles they never like they didn't put like huge text on the screen like four years later or whatever (laughs) and it goes by so fast too but it's communicated so well it's another yeah. synecdoche new yorkism you know like <laughs> it's just and there's a lot of really good um use of just communicating the like lead character's emotions through the environment like one of my favorites was when Heath Ledger snaps at that um when they're when they're at the fireworks mm-hmm. and it's like the fireworks shot. projected behind him well yeah that was probably my favorite shot in the movie but yeah just beautiful and uh, I was reading up about a surprising amount of visual effects in there. Like some of the sheep was CG. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even notice like any of any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, was, wow. it was pretty seamless. Yeah, that's uh-huh. those are my, some of my favorite visual effects is when you don't know that they're there. That, that's Sang Lee. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's cool about Ang Lee. He's like really great yeah, visual effects director to where you don't even see that kind of thing. And yet mm-hmm. it's like a drama. He usually works with like animals and like really complicated like scenes to film, but like, like with uh, Life of Pi and the Lion and this with all the sheep stuff. Uh, yeah. And it's pulled off like perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there, the, the way that passage of time is communicated in this film is like really well done. Um, you know, obviously the children growing up. And then, you know, you get into more detailed parts where it's like the divorce happening and they say the date. But at no point does it ever feel like, oh, that's a little forced. Like, you know, we're just talking about the black phone and how the characters, the <laughs> exposition is just so like, you can you can tell that that's what it's for, but it doesn't serve another purpose. And it's just like, ah, I wish you just handled that better. Whereas in this film, like yeah. every bit of exposition is like, this is what they would say. It feels like real characters talking. There's like good excuses mm-hmm. for it narratively. And the exposition can come from the, the existing narrative that already has its own excuse for being there. So yeah, it's just yeah. the writing is really, really great. Yeah. Dialogue's very natural. Yeah. Always manages to dodge any kind of melodrama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It all feels very real and genuine. I wonder what else these two have written. Let's see. Because it is based on a short story, isn't it? Yeah. But then the screenplay is from Larry McCurty, who died in 2021, but they also wrote uh, 
an adaptation of Terms of Endearment, 1983. Not a lot of stuff I recognize. And then the other writer, Diana Osana, uh, <laughs> has written one other major film that looks really bad. It's called Joe Bell that came out uh, recently. Oh. <laughs> Wal- Mark okay. Wahlberg. Uh, it looks very yeah. funny bad, actually. <laughs> Joe Bell. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it looks really bad. So, yeah, like, fucking incredible writing, but just, like, not, you know, like, I, we're not going to see a lot more from those two, I guess. Um, yeah. Damn. We're not going to see any more Heath. Like, fucking Jesus. It was crazy walking, sorry, it was crazy watching this film and just being like, I can't believe watching his character, like, that this is the same guy as, like, the Joker. Because there's just such yeah, right. insanely different performances. They're just in, they're different people. Like what an incredible yeah. character actor. Yeah, 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 lots of range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His accent felt very like authentic to me. Like the way he talks. There's so much authenticity in this film. Yeah, and it's like really good. We can talk film. about this another episode. But I I finished watching Prey like the day before I watched this, and that was something I was really missing from Prey. Is like they. You know, on paper, they tried to do the whole, like, oh, well, this is the first movie to have a dub from Comanche, and we used people that are actually uh, Native American. and But it still feels, like, the entire thing feels so inauthentic. They're, like, speaking English, and, like, the acting is like, eh, and, <laughs> like, she looks like she got fresh out of makeup every single scene. I'm like, you don't really look like you live outdoors. And, like, whereas, like, this movie, like, everything about it just felt, like, super authentic. Like, you it it felt real it felt genuine it like it, it didn't feel like you know actors it it felt like characters it felt like people it felt like situations it you know it felt like a real story yeah mhm yeah it's, it's it is masterful it's yeah i was really impressed by this mm-hmm. um and i guess uh, i found quite a good quote from the original um author of that short story who mm-hmm. summarized it quite well um, saying how different readers take the story as a personal reflection of their own personal values, attitudes, and hang-ups, which I think is quite a good kind of way to summarize. Yeah. Cause it, obviously it would have been quite a, you know, controversial reaction, especially in like certain parts of the world. Um, so yeah. it's, and th- there was another one I found actually that was almost kind of sad um, from the, from the author um yeah she described it as a source of the the film as a source of constant irritation in her private life there are countless people out there who think the story is open range to explore their fantasies and to correct what they see as an unbearably disappointing story they constantly send ghastly manuscripts and pornish rewrites of the story to me expecting me to reply with praise and applause for fixing the story they certainly don't get the message that if you can't fix it, you've got to stand it. Most of these fix-it tales have the character Ennis finding a husky boyfriend and living happily ever after, or discovering the character Jack is not really dead after all, or having the two men's children meet and marry, etc., etc. Which is like, we were talking about like media yeah. literacy like a, an episode or two ago, and it's like... And this, uh, yeah, that fan writing is like, 
awful. Yeah, yeah. it's like, but if that's even crossing your mind, you're kind of like missing the entire point of the whole. Like, right? George Martin hates that kind of shit, like Game of Thrones. I bet most writers do. Yeah, it's just like insufferable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, I'm reading the uh, the wiki uh, right now for the uh, some of the reception when this film came out. <laughs> film critic, uh, there's a whole there's a whole category, isn't there? Yeah, like, Gene yeah. Shalit of the Today Show described the character Jack Twist as a sexual predator <laughs> who tracks Ennis down and coaxes him into sporadic trysts. Trysts, T R Y S T S. I have no idea how to pronounce that. But like that's kind of funny. That's such, that's such like <laughs> bad faith way to interpret the the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the you know mm. the next line in the Wikipedia page is someone uh, the LGBT media group Glad said that uh, his characterization of Twist was like calling Jack in Titanic a sexual predator to do his romantic pursuit of Rose. Even mm. though like yeah, it's it is all you, when all you have to do is like change someone's gender and then all of a sudden it's like oh wait that's that is really fucked up it's like okay it was <laughs> and it still is mm-hmm. like yeah like you're people are yeah have insane double standards and uh are very insecure about uh adults and their consensual behavior um and just their emotions and who people love um and yeah there's uh Unfortunately, still quite a bit of uh, homophobia that exists. There's uh, people that exist that are, you know, silent for a while, and then they, then they hear the uh, the <laughs> the cue. They're like, "Oh, oops! Looks like uh, monkeypox is a thing now. I guess let's all be loud about our homophobia again." Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> so, I guess you're just hiding this whole time. But yeah, that's what makes it such like a powerful movie, such a statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This really, um, this really connected with me, especially this time watching it. I'm not gonna say too much, but like, um, like my boyfriend's like in a situation where he's like not out to his like family. So, um, mm. yeah, it's something that still you know just like affects me in a way where there's a lot of communities you know in the united states especially um compared to canada where it's just like still you know like (laughs) unacceptable for people and you know people are willing to to disown family members over like who they love which is just kind of sad yeah yeah, yeah, if you like grew up in a more kind of progressive area, it's it's like a harsh reminder of like man, this 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 has been going a long time and it's still like a problem. Yeah. It's really fucked yeah. up. They have their own phobias. Yeah, and to some extent that's always just gonna be around people and their phobias. Like just individuals. They're just like, yeah. It's just it's always gonna <laughs> you know, it's it's a sad reality, yeah. It's like racism or anything else like that yeah like when you right have thing. like really what's the word like when you homogenous communities people. where it's like uh-huh. you know the only the only example of a person that's not from in their group is this caricature that they've created in their head or maybe the types of media mm-hmm. they consume like 
you know, the people who hate black people the most are people who have like never met black people or, or like have, have had a bad experience with one and live with like 99% mm-hmm. like white people or something, you know, same thing with gay people, same thing with trans people. Like statistically, yeah. like you, you can look at the actual data and it shows that like the more that you're exposed to types of people that are not from your group, the more you're like, oh, wait, they're just people who would have fucking thought, you know, so <laughs> um, that that. That's a pretty consistent, <laughs> verifiable, trackable thing. So, um, yeah. So who knows? I mean, like you, you can say like, yeah, it'll always kind of be there. But I mean, the the world is shifting in a way where, you know, people are kind of forced to be exposed to the reality of other people existing, and you know that does help. Um, and. Yeah, I get, you know, part of part of that is media. Part of that is, you know, just existing on the yeah, planet sure. or in a city. Um media plays a huge part in it, yeah. I I've, there's probably many people who just like rated this film one star because or like one out of 10 because because they just don't like that subject matter <laughs> because they, oh, of they course. don't want to watch yeah. it. There'll be yeah. there'll be people yeah. who just refuse to watch it on principle. They just refuse to watch it. And rate it one star anyway, yeah. And like, yeah, review of it. Yeah, my yeah, um, like that happens. It happens the other way too. I mean, <laughs> my like legit. There are people that are so fucking insecure. Um, one of my best friends, uh, his family like hated me growing up because I'm gay. Um, and his brother was like, told him like, um. Like, he can't watch a movie with, like, Heath Ledger in it because he was in Brokeback Mountain because he just can't think of him, like, as a good character anymore. Like, shit like that. It was, like, really fucked up. Like, they were, like... Yeah, they, uh-huh. they were like. Uh, it's actually insane. They don't, they don't even like. They don't even realize what they're saying. Yeah, <laughs> they were giving him shit for like hanging out with me and stuff. So anyway, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just yeah, it's incredible just how insecure some people are. Like, holy shit, get over it. Like it, people exist. Like it's insane how, yeah, how sensitive. How does it affect you in are. any way? Like, yeah, it, it, Play with. you're asking the world to cater towards your sensitivities. Like, do you not see that that's kind of, like, <laughs> maybe something you should work on? <laughs> yeah. But it's also just, like, a fundamental misunderstanding of the way, like, humans are. And it's, like, just because, like, like thousands of years ago, humans, like, look up, like, what the Greeks were up to, man. Like, it's, it's, Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such a, like, myopic way to, like, yeah. Yeah. think about the way humans it's engage. It's, like, total ignorance, yeah. I mean, what I always say is, like, they're probably afraid of it because deep down inside they're gay and they don't want to admit it. Some kind of, yeah, repressed or suppressed. Yeah, literally, like, there's some kind of repressed feelings there. Exactly. People people can be, like, afraid of, like, the uh, possibility of that, you know? Yeah, you're not going to watch a movie and then then the movie's going to make you gay. Like, that's not how it works. Unless you're gay, <laughs> if you're gay already, the movie, the movie, yeah, the movie might unearth something in you that makes you realize yeah, you're gay. Yeah. But like the a movie's like, not yeah, gonna why are make you afraid you of you can't that be like, ah. yeah, that's what they're scared of. Like, huh? I hope this doesn't awaken something in me. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird way to think about a movie, right? Yeah, like I watched like the the normal heart when I was like twelve or thirteen or like whenever the fuck it came out. It's like gay sex of that movie i was just like watched it i'm like oh all right that's a that was a movie 
Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't like it doesn't affect me or like at all like that kind of thing. I watch it with my mom and she's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it's like, oh, no. It doesn't it doesn't do anything. <laughs> like it's just it's just a scene. Yeah, it's just like as you know. It's just like a straight sex scene in a movie. It's just a scene. Yeah, I think I think by the age of twelve, like people's sexualities are already like kind of hard coded inside them, like somewhere yeah, deep I mean, in the subconscious I, who, where you uh, don't realize. I it. guess I everyone think, everyone's like, different, but yeah, it's just like they're afraid of like I don't know, like like I guess like the gay agenda, like that's such a dumb term, like that every movie's gonna be like that in the future. Yeah, or and, some, <laughs> some shit. Like, and again, it's like such a minority of films. And characters. Uh, obviously, James Bond movies are still made, right? Like, you still have James Bond movies that are like, it's like a, a straight guy. It's like, so clearly that's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. And I mean, like, then that impl- yeah. and that also implies that, like, heterosexual people in movies is an agenda too, right? Mm-hmm. Like if if that 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 would be the implication if that's how people's brains yeah exactly that also implies it's like only only heterosexuals working or only straight people working on like a James Bond movie like you I bet gay people work on James Bond movies too I bet like a gay guy could direct a James Bond movie would be fine yeah. like that it doesn't really matter it's just a film like it's it's just about plugging in those elements really it's like doing math <laughs> it's like it doesn't really matter who it is doing it really um. Unless you want to make some kind of statement. Like, I don't think Ang Lee is gay or uh, I don't think these actors were gay, but they told the story well because it's a good story and they had passion for it. You know, yeah. they, they knew how to tell it. Yeah. And it was effective. I think it was. Yeah, looks- it is a really good, very sad, heartbreaking story. Mm-hmm. Or just, you know, you gotta, if you love someone, you gotta fucking make it work while you can because nobody lives forever and uh time slips through our fingers and you don't want to spend the rest of your life living with regrets so thinking about what could have been yeah exactly mhm yeah this was a really great movie for me and very uh close to home especially recently so um, I don't know if we have much more to say about it. I thought the the cinematography was beautiful. Lots of Al- beautiful Alberta skies. I know John Favreau uh, might hate this movie. He thinks they're unrealistic. A little too lucky for real <laughs> photography. So, um, <laughs> yeah, John would have loved this movie if it had uglier skies. So, um, yeah, performances all fantastic. Brave. Honestly, I know that's kind of a buzzword, but like literally, like they're kind of putting their careers on the line in a way, <laughs> you know? Yeah. All these two yeah. straight dudes just making out with each other on camera and but at the, you know, for the purpose of like a real dramatic story. Mhm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, admirable. And also, yeah, I just want to I also want to communicate one thing about the movie because we kind of didn't really touch on this is like the film shows that they're not like the only victims in the story. Like Michelle Williams's character is like brutally tortured throughout her life as well. Like it's, it hurts. Heath Ledger's like internalized issues that are uh, brought on by society are hurting himself and everyone around him. Like it's, it's, it's causing so much pain to so many people in the story. It's not just those two that experience tragedy. So I think that that was an interesting way to tell the story because 
in a way you could consider it risky like okay well if these guys are like assholes and like cheating on their wife you know they might think some people might be like okay well can i really empathize with them at that point like are they bad people but i think i think it makes sense to tell the story in this way because these characters are all just victims of this circumstance of reality of society uh, putting these pressures on them you know like heath ledger's character is scared and he feels like he has to to have a marriage and children uh with a woman he feels like he has to do that to survive and it's been literally like ingrained into him like as a child (laughs) seeing a dead body right like the the amount of uh, trauma that can embed in someone and can really shape how they uh, behave their entire lives so I yeah it was really great yeah and every decision he's forced to make just hurts him more mm-hmm. people yeah. are not perfect they make mistakes for you know for reasons yeah or they mm-hmm. you know they do things that might be messed up or like that cheating on michelle williams <laughs> but yeah it makes sense it's yeah but that's just that's just great drama that's that's such a compelling yeah. conflict like yeah like when that scene where she does, um, she accidentally sees them like making out, and then like obviously like her world is kind of like finished. Like it's it is such a complicated scenario because like like for her, it's the sixties. Like it was definitely also not socially acceptable to get a divorce or to well like she was like reliant on him for money. Like it's it's like a really complicated scenario, and you don't. You don't just instantly blame him because you also feel empathy for his situation because he's, you know, yeah, like right. what is he supposed to do? And it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's it's really really sad. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'm giving this one an eight out of ten. I thought it was great. Love it. Really uh, important, groundbreaking film that tells a great story. Love the music. Very appropriate. Even in the, uh, you know, transitionary scenes, like the tone helps the movie so much and it matches it perfectly. It accentuates. It's so bittersweet. Um, yeah. Watching these characters as their lives progress so quickly in front of us, you know, it's just perfect, perfectly captured by the music. I love it so much. Yeah. Great music. Yeah, how, how it's used in the, in the very ending scene and the, yeah you know with the with the shirt and that line and then it it like it ramps up louder and it's just it's a lot and uh i'd probably give it i'd probably give it a nine four and a half stars i was i was very impressed um and is it is it's painful but it, in the way that it, it needs to be to make such a strong kind of point um yeah, I'll it's kind of like again, a groundbreaking but... movie. Yeah, like you said. I'm going to go with a 10. It's my first watch, but I think this is like considered a classic. I, you know, I'm mm-hmm. going to go with a 10 and I'll, I'll probably watch it again sometime yeah. soon. Yeah, I'm nearly there. Yeah, this is this is a great movie. Yeah, this is one of Angley's best for sure. Yeah. Like easily one of his best movies. Yeah, <laughs> A little um, worse yeah. than Gemini Man, but... Uh... Yeah, Gemini Man was uh, a cool. Yeah, not quite as good as Gemini Man. 120 frames a second. (laughs) This movie really needed to be 120 frames a second. That would have been much better. Not enough Will Smith. That's my one critique. Yeah, it needed two Will Smiths. Making out.
Gemini Mountain. <laughs> yeah. He does always work with different actors, which I think is like commendable of him. Like always like a completely different cast of people. I don't think he's really reused a lot of actors in his films. I'm trying to think. Like, you know, like he's worked with Michelle Yeoh and then Jake Gyllenhaal, Heath Ledger and like all like Will Smith even and like Clive Owen. Like I, I don't think these they like there's much overlap there, you know, like in his filmography. I do like respect that about Angley. Mm-hmm. It's just something I noticed. Just thinking about. Yeah, he is. You never um, know what you're gonna get when you watch one of his movies. <laughs> yeah, I, I very like watch his movies. I always look forward versatile to them. without a consistent level of quality. Just versatile yeah, in yeah. general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's very ambitious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this turned out really good. So yeah, good for him. Right after Hulk too. Yeah. Which is Saved like, it. Know, it's probably that's probably his worst. <laughs> Honestly, it's probably his worst movie. I didn't even like that as a kid. Worse than Gemini Man. Yeah, very odd that movie. <laughs> yeah, the Hulk is funny, so funny that I would watch it sooner than Gemini Man. But I think it is kind of worse. Yeah. Yeah, as a kid, I just thought it was scary. Like there's like all these like like editing and like there's like the scary editing in it. I guess. Oh like, yeah. It, like when he's transforming the, the, the comet panels, like <laughs> it's so literal with the, Oh yeah, that too. It's, yeah. It's like a literal comic book. Adaptation. I was like two thirds through the movie when I realized, Oh, it's supposed to be a comic book. <laughs> That's why everything's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. Question time. Uh, all right. Okay, let's do some questions from the Sardonicus community. Head over to the subreddit where there's a suggestion thread. You can ask us whatever you feel like. Just like the space dentist did. You can start us off here. Has anyone seen any of Nathan Fielder's insane new show, The Rehearsal? So I, uh, I kind of binged watch like a like two and a half seasons of Nathan Few while I was recovering from my nose being sliced. Um, and I found that very funny. But I haven't really heard much about this the rehearsal show is it have you guys seen it oh yeah i've seen the first no, I four episodes uh while i was out of town with my boyfriend and since i'll be at toronto film festival in another few weeks and i'll be uh seeing my boyfriend again i'm just kind of waiting for the last two episodes i'll i'll watch those with him again so i'll won't won't be finishing it right away but i love it it's so funny it's it's literally Nathan Fielder's Synecdoche, New York. <laughs> really? Because I, I was I was like not really understanding like from the the description on IMDb or whatever about what it what oh, it's about, really, it. what it's going for. Okay. It's like if okay, Nathan for you it. had a bigger budget and was just focused on like one type of thing. Okay. Yeah. That sounds hilarious. I saw it. I think it's on HBO Max, isn't it? So I I don't know how the hell to watch it. If here. you liked. Nathan for you, then you'll you'll for sure like the rehearsal. Yeah, Nathan for you is very funny. I think I've said I went to one of the shops he went to. I'm like L.A. Oh, yeah. L.A. Fame. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. like the knickknack souvenir thing. Yeah, yeah. Joined up. <laughs> yeah, I got something from there. Yeah. Oh awesome. yeah. Mm. Yeah, that sounds it sounds cool. I've seen some clips of it. It seems funny. There's so much stuff to watch. You know, it's 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 so you need to prioritize it it's so funny <laughs> so good yeah i'll add it to my list yeah saul is ending better call good. saul's ending today it's the final episode I'm just, <laughs> good. I'm just 
Oh, well, no, seeing as you mentioned it, Ralph, Matt, we got this question yeah. from uh, SWBG99, thoughts on Better Call Saul Season 6? Because that was another thing I was, like, yeah. catching Is that up the newest recovery. one? That's the newest one, right? The, what do you think of Yeah, it must be. See, I was... They did the kind of mid-season break, didn't they? And then it was, like, a yeah. month or, or two in between, and I was like... I loved how, how the mid-season ended, but building up to us a bit, like... Not sure like where this is going how's this gonna wrap up but where it where it's gone in like the end it's like it's pretty like incredible writing to me it's really fucking great yeah <laughs> that last episode was like excellent the this the penultimate yeah, one like it's just payoff after payoff after payoff it's like oh <laughs> uh, yeah the the pacing is so so good. creative too like and unexpected like yeah yeah like um Again, I always go to Game of Thrones as, like, a bad example. Like, they're setting up way too much shit in that show to where they didn't pay any of it off. It felt disappointing because they had, like, all these moving pieces that they wrap up in, like, one season or whatever. Six episodes. And here, like, the way everything was paced out was just very gradually. Like, it really took its time. And then you slowly see, like all the dominoes fall but like it feels very satisfying each one that like it it's great that they took their time and like they paced the show like the way they've used the kind of like different timelines the different time zones or whatever you want to call it oh yeah like starts paying off i was like really impressed with that and like Uh where it's where it's taking i can't yeah i can't wait to see it starts jumping around yeah like a lot this season which I thought was really cool. Well, yeah, because like the early seasons, it has all these like intros uh-huh. that are like set like in some undistinguished kind of time period, and it's like that's a like slow build kind of setup. It's like it's like seasons ago, like this stuff has been established, so it's like a really a really satisfying kind of slow burn sort of payoff. Yeah, but. yeah, those little teasers. Yeah, but now there's like whole episodes that are like that and yeah yeah, the way they they set that up was like perfect and like you're never confused as to where you are in the story and i like how you don't really see saul like as saul that much like the saul goodman he's like yeah it's all about how he got there and yeah how it's gonna wind Mm -hmm. up and those characters like you know you get gus and whatever and mike but it's more about like they want to focus on those new guys too like i like that they spend so much time establishing them like yeah, it takes Kim a Wexler's long time to get to Gus. Maybe one of the best characters probably in this universe now to me. Yeah. She's like a really fascinating character. Like her, Yeah, the way they took uh, her was like, gone. yeah, yeah, really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, yeah, there's just so many smart decisions they took. Like, I don't want to give away too much. We had a lot of smart choices that were like, I really like that time jump and like the end of, uh, it's like I think episode nine of this season. Like it was very jarring. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even a commercial break, but it was very like purposeful how that was done. I'm like, oh yeah, that was great. It just like jumps to like to modern Saul Goodman, like <laughs> yeah, really quickly. And that, that was that was awesome. It's like very risky. Like that's how I felt about the whole thing. It was like very. They took a lot of risks with it, and I think a lot of those paid off really well to like tell the story they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a risky project to begin with. Like, prequels kind of have a lot of stigma inherently. Like, it's a challenging yeah. thing to tackle. and mm-hmm. It really distinguishes itself. I, d- I don't know if it's quite as good as Breaking Bad, but it's, like, definitely it's kind of yeah. its, a, its own thing. Um, I think that's an unfair question, or unfair, like, thing to compare. I mean, Yeah, it's almost pointless to compare because they, they, yeah. they are so different. They are very different, yeah. 
for sure. Uh, it makes me not like Saul Goodman any, or uh, I guess I didn't like him before, but now I'm like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> well, like he's mo- he's more two dimensional in Breaking Bad. He's like just kind of like mm-hmm. the asshole lawyer, but then like seeing his his whole like backstory and how he's wound up in this place is like gives him so much more depth. Yeah. He really does become like Walt. Like he becomes like a total bastard by the end of it. Yeah, yeah, he's like a really complicated character. He's like a total corrupt. Yeah. Like, especially that last few episodes, you're like, man, this guy's like a kind of a piece of shit now. Like, you don't, you don't realize, yeah. like, just how bad, like, he, he got. Um, yeah, great show. Um, I'm excited to see how it wraps up today. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, the, the Vince Gilligan did the last one, but actually this episode's directed and written by Peter Gold, who, like, I, I believe he wrote the first episode with Saul Goodman in it for, like, Breaking Bad. So that's why he's like a, Oh, cool. Executive producer and like, you know, directed this episode because he's yeah, like, he yeah. actually created the Saul character, which is great. Like, you know, they, they really fleshed that character out. I, he was like an interesting viewpoint character, I think, for like the prequel show. Mm-hmm. I guess because Bob Odenkirk was like such a, like a notable actor in it. Um, he's great in the show. Yeah. Yeah. He had a lot a of, he has a lot of range. Too. Yeah. 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 He's, he turned out to be like a really great actor too. Yeah, and like the they don't fall into the the fan service kind of pitfalls. There's, there's touches here and there. It is in there. Mm-hmm. There's fan service. There's a lot of characters. But it's, it's never it's never annoying or distracting. It always fills in to me anyway. Yeah, yeah. You want to see that stuff too. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's worked in really well. Uh, yeah, it's really great show. You should watch at some point, Adam. Maybe. <laughs> there's a lot of things I gotta. I still gotta watch, Mister Robert. Yeah, yeah, you do. Blu-rays. Yeah, the Blu-rays I got you. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be doing it. Don't yeah. worry. I, I've I'm starting to like. Part of the reason my 2016 list is taking so long is because I'm like considering um like television shows for it as well. Like if they started at that point and like especially miniseries and so. Oh okay. Um yeah, I think Mr. Robot is 2015 or 16, so that will be something that I make sure I go through anyway. So another question. Um. Uh, I, I guess we can edit this one out if we were planning to talk about it in one of our upcoming episodes, sure. but uh, Alfafa Extra says, it's been over a month since its release. What's the star's general opinion on the Phil Tippett movie Mad God? Um, yeah, I don't have much to say about it, so this works out fine, actually. Yeah, um, I think this is a good way to yeah. summarize it. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, shit, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, Go ahead and talk. <laughs> Here, let me bring up my notes. So basically, it's something that um, I enjoyed watching, and I loved the aesthetic and the style, and obviously the craftsmanship and the talent going into the animation. It's stop motion, and the creature design is like really interesting, and the, the yep. world is really interesting. Um, but I th- what prevented me from thinking it was like really great personally is it just didn't have much of like a through line and it felt like different shorts kind of stitched together that yeah and, and then i think it turned out it was i think i looked it up it was like ba- oh, basically like, yeah yeah i i stumbled across this like bizarre video of um because phil tippett's like a uh special effects like master mm-hmm. um uh but his attachment to star wars meant that I found this video on YouTube where, like, he, he was interviewed by, like, this huge Star Wars channel, Star Wars Theory. 
And of course, this guy is he's like interviewing him, like just asking him questions about Star Wars. And like, he doesn't give a fuck about like franchise film. And it's hilarious, <laughs> yeah. like how like disinterested he is in that kind of stuff. Cause he's such just like a, I want to do my own thing. I want to make my weird models like over like t- 10, 15 years to get this project that he's like not yeah. interested in like franchise films or anything like that. Of course. Um, but and hearing him like talking about it was like really funny. And I'd recommend watching that video um, <laughs> to hear his process and uh, kind of what he gets out of the. He like laments about how like the way like special effects have gone over the years and how like just people just don't really appreciate stop motion the way it does and that that is what drew me to Mad Gogs. It's like you just you just don't really get like <laughs> projects like this this weird this uh, this out there on on this kind of scale. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm right there with you though. What's What's funny is you say that you don't really get a lot of projects like this. This was uh released the same year as like another cut of another movie called um junkhead which almost has like the exact same story of like it's stop motion not story of the film but it's like a stop motion animated film made by like basically one guy over like 17 years <laughs> and it's another yeah. i actually like junkhead <laughs> a bit more i thought that it um worked a bit better and there's also cool creature design and cool animation and stuff too if you liked mad god i would say check it out it's different in tone uh, Junkhead is a bit more like less like gothic. It's like kind of a bit more like like breakbeat in a way. Um, was that the was that in one of your festival videos? Yeah, it was in my Fantasia festival video. And it, what's funny is okay, I could have yep. seen Mad God at that same festival, but I didn't have time to catch it. It just scheduling. Okay. So it was like both of those movies at the same festival is kind of funny. The same year. Yeah. See, I've, I, I was going to say earlier, I felt like it. It was kind of like building with some structure. It had kind of like a central character who was traversing through the environment. And it was like cool. And it was, it seemed like it was kind of going a certain way. And it was, it was kind of rooted in, in something I could a- attach myself to. But after a certain point, it just like goes a different direction. And yeah, it does kind of feel like a, a bunch of like vignettes just set in kind of a, a wacky environment and it goes like mm-hmm. full like 2001 at the end like fully like abstract like crazy but it's like yeah. a really slow pacing cool. it kind of feels yeah i got a bit impatient repetitive by the end of it yeah it was a bit repetitive i think i think mm. i might have enjoyed it more as shorts or if they like trimmed it down or something a bit just because yeah, yeah like a, three shorts or something like a french french dispatch kind of thing kind of three but shorts. it doesn't like present itself as that and you're kind of just left wondering why you're watching something else <laughs> by the you're kind of like <laughs> what was happening with that other story that was kind of interesting like you know yeah like that one kind of are we gonna go anywhere with that and you're just kind of on something else and it's like oh and it's like in the same universe but some are like more interesting than others they're they're kind mm-hmm. of different but the same, there's like no dialogue really yeah, yeah, basically. It's basically yeah. dialogue-free. Uh, yeah, there's, like, a cool uh, section towards the end with the... It's got quite a, like, similar kind of dingy color palette mm-hmm. for most of the movie. And then, like, in the last third, it suddenly is, like, this crazy, colorful, weird, like, switch up for just a second, which I thought was cool. But it's, like, I just... I, I, I needed a bit more, like, me. And I kept thinking about that video game Inside. I feel like I mentioned it quite a lot. But you know the kind of oppressive imagery, and 
just feel like we have art that is expressing these ideas in kind of ways that I just I just prefer. Um, I, I'm probably not going to visit it. But I do have mad respect for Mad Gods, so I'd still recommend checking <laughs> out if you if you love like weird creatures and uh, just stop motion and Phil Tippett's like history. I think it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Nice, mad respect for Mad God. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll check it out at some point. You should. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. I gave it a 6 out of 10, if anybody's curious. Yeah. Seems seems decent. Worth a watch. Yeah. yeah, I think I gave it about the same. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, another question? Next question. <laughs> uh, okay, let's do this one from Screamicide. Seems like the Bollywood film R.R.R. is getting some of the highest praise of any film this year. Have any of the sardonic cunts got plans to see it anytime soon? No, not watching oh, it. Oh, no. I don't want to talk about it. You're not gonna. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I, it's... I, I've watched it. They're always so... No, I've watched it. Oh, you've seen yeah. it. Every fucking Bollywood movie gets overinflated to shit. Yeah, Adam is right. It, it, got, it got so overhyped. I haven't seen it. I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not... Fool me once, fool me twice, <laughs> fool me can't get fooled again, okay? What did George yeah, Bush say? really. Like, no, I'll watch the Apu trilogy if I want to watch yeah. an Indian film later, okay? <laughs> yeah. So what was wrong with it then? I, I'm not going to say anything because okay, I don't okay, want to okay. piss people off, yeah. But I did not really enjoy it. It's, a th- it's three hours long. Yeah, it's... Uh. Director of Bahubali. Which was like, uh huh. It's the same director. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like I haven't noticed any notable improvement. It's, like, it's okay. the same shit. Okay. Yeah. People are like, oh, you know, they like, oh, the the scene where like the you know, there's there's animals running around. There's like a the car comes in. There's explosions. It's like, isn't it fun? I'm like, okay, yeah. It's it's just like it's a cool scene. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with liking that type of film. But I gotta say, there's certain um, there's certain large populations where, you know, traditionally the culture likes a certain type of film, and I'm just not that into it. And it's okay if they like it; that's fine. I'm just not that into it. What Chinese audiences really like, I'm not that into. What Indian audiences really like, I'm not that into. There's nothing wrong mm. with enjoying it. There's nothing wrong with not enjoying it. But they have large populations, and they rate the films on IMDb, and people go like, "Wow, everybody really loves this movie." I'm like, mm, "Not, it doesn't <laughs> like not the type of audience that I that I find to be." Um, yeah, there's some truth to that for sure. Trustworthy yeah. for my opinion, my personal preferences for films. So, you know, yeah, those ratings yeah. get so inflated. That's why it's so hard to trust these sites. It's like, yeah, because of that happens and bots. Yeah, and other I think IMDb actually has like a separate like thing a separate like portal for like indian movies because of it just because otherwise the top 250 Mm. would be only indian movies Mm. (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, that makes sense like yeah i I gave bahubali a chance and yeah Yeah, it's like bahubali or something yeah 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 i i I can't get into that shit yeah i don't i'm not trying to make anyone upset like enjoy what you want yeah this I, i can't get into that i just can't take yeah, it the, seriously the amount of the amount of times where people have like tricked me essentially into watching another like bollywood <laughs> movie like i can't i it's i can only get fooled like 30 more times you know like i can't yeah i, I, I have <laughs> to have a breaking one. point before i just say like right. no i'm not checking it out i've hit that point uh-huh 
I've yeah, hit that point. I, I've hit that point. <laughs> I've hit the point with this movie. I'm like, this was three hours long. I didn't yeah. even care about what was happening. If I had but... unlimited time and I didn't have other movies to watch, then sure, I'd check it out. <laughs> Why are these so long? This that's my biggest criticism for most movies I see is like why is it so long and then you watch something that's yeah, like three it. hours yeah. long. I'll watch the first five minutes and I'll get pissed off and I'll just shut it off. That's what that's what happens. I watch the yeah. first five minutes. I'm like, this is exactly what I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And then yeah. All right. Yeah. That's all I need to say about. So that. yeah, we're not, I'm not watching RRR. I like I might if. If it gets to, I don't know, 40 years from now and I'm making my best of 2022 list and it's on my watch list, then I'll check out the first five minutes, okay? But I'm not watching it. I'm not setting aside time for it now when I could be watching other things. Watch the first five minutes. You won't even get past the opening credits. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Seriously. Honestly, yeah. Ray Ray Stevenson was in it. That was interesting. Yeah, I was just looking at the trailer and it was, uh, yeah. (laughs) It was, yeah. (laughs) Um, I, I just right. like the Bahu Bali link because uh, there's, there's a whole episode on that one that we did. So. Yeah, I like the title Bahu Bali. Yeah, it's rated number two hundred twenty-six on Letterboxd. Well, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh. yeah, and like of all the top films of all time. Well, yeah, that's 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 the Bahu Bali thing, though, right? It's got it's got an eight. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, RRR has a four point two. They have a gigantic population, and they like those kinds of movies. Yeah, and they have they the internet is an international system, so <laughs> Minions Rise of Grow is a three point five for some reason. So there you go. All right. Oh well, on Letterboxd. Yeah, on Letterboxd, you can't really trust those sites. I don't know what's going on. It's like well, most movies you can, but like like even Men, like the it has low ratings. But I understand why it has like low ratings. Like I don't think those are like rigged, really. <laughs> Maybe a little yeah. like, but I don't think that's too much a problem with that. I just think it's like some movies that come out, they get like, they get like five stars because it's a meme or because like mm-hmm. like what Adam was saying or like. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Sometimes maybe it's bots. I mean, I generally well like with the the Snyder cut, those were bots. Like he's there's like <laughs> is that like, like articles but... yeah it, Rolling Stone I think <laughs> like they they confirm it's like he basically just used bots to like and that's why like the the Oscars yeah. cheer moment or whatever with Ezra Miller that's so funny like those were bots who that's voted so for funny. it so yeah they actually like rigged the Oscars yeah it's it's hilarious <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I didn't know it was good that's that's hilarious but like man. I didn't even need to be told that I, I knew it was yeah. like I knew there was some amount of manipulation going on like even my like first reaction to the movie i'm like this is weird like why is this movie that just came out at least on hbo max have like such high ratings uh, unless it's like you know comic book fans who are obviously really they love that kind of thing but also some kind of like manipulation going on yeah like, it's very strange it's, it's why these rating sites are very hard to trust like mm-hmm. not every film but there's certain films that the ratings seem way off it's like some of these films are rated higher than like actually great films like Shawshank Redemption or whatever. Even the mm-hmm. Joker film is like very inflated ratings, I feel. Probably from like people who are really passionate about that character or whatever. But it's like Yeah, there's like a recency bias thing. Yeah, it's not better than like a lot of these other movies in like the top two fifty, right? Like that IMDB yeah. list is like way off. Like Spider Man No Way Home, like that's way off. Like, yeah, like all the Avengers movies. There's yeah. a recency yeah. bias as well yeah that too yeah 
I, I like Spider-Man No Way Home. I thought it was great. It's not as good as Pulp Fiction or like whatever it was next to, like mm-hmm. what we were saying in our review. Right. Um, yeah. It does reward yeah. like broad, like big, like everyone loves it kind of movies. So. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. it used to be like a, a bit a bit more interesting uh, kind of in the early 2000s, sure. but it's... IMDb yeah. does have like a scaling system or like, like some ratings count more for others, I think based on how many movies you log. But again, there's ways of getting around that. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows what's going on? All right. One uh-huh. more question. One last one. Okay, let's do this one from uh, Bitch- Bitchington309. What's your favorite part of living? Um, comfort and happiness. Yeah, chasing happiness. Yeah. Experiences. Movies. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I could list things that give me comfort and happiness, but that's it's you know those are things. Like that's the that's the mm-hmm. most basic answer. Yeah, we're pretty matter of fact with that one. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know what else I would say honestly. Yeah, yeah, I just felt I felt obliged to read it because it was one of the most upvoted ones in the thread. So you know, so. Mm. yeah, I mean, you got your answer, guys. <laughs> having yeah having may, maybe next time ask us what brings us comfort and happiness idiot yeah R- reaching reaching your goals and it, that brings me like happiness having ambitious goals and, yeah. and reaching them mm-hmm. doing things for yourself um, yeah not just like existing yeah like having goals and and fulfilling them <laughs> some people are happy just existing too you know depends yeah, on the person that's good yeah if that's what you want go for it yeah some people are some people want to like do something yeah. yeah oh yeah if you just want to like hang out some and, people aren't interested in you know ambition or like proving yourself sort of thing so yeah some people like live for that and it's like yeah good as long mm-hmm. as you're not hurting anybody obviously ambition can be bad <laughs> um but that's anything some people like honestly like there's a lot of people that are just happy like just you know finding a mm-hmm. significant other having kids and that's all you do and that's you know if as long as mm-hmm. you're stable and you can afford uh yeah but again that's know. a goal like you got to find you got to find someone you you like or <laughs> someone you like at least <laughs> yeah unfortunately yeah, yeah a lot of happiness is also tied to like income too you know it's pretty difficult to mm-hmm. be happy if you're poor mm. so Right, It'd be nice right. to have a bit yeah. more uh, equality in that sense, yeah. but yeah, some people's goals like to have a great job or like you know make a certain amount of money. Some people's goals to like, get to a good school. Mm-hmm. Like there's people who just want to go to a great school and they have like no idea what they want to do after. <laughs> they're just like mm-hmm. after after they graduate college, they just have like no. Oh yeah, they're they've already taken out the loan. <laughs> they've already paid yeah. for tuition, and they're like, I don't really know what I want to take. <laughs> But I'm in school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm this this is debt that I'll have to pay off later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if if that's what you want to do, like people they'll they'll do it. Like if that's really what they want to do with their life. Yeah. Go to like some prestigious school. They, they will they will do yeah. that. Just yeah. surround yourself with people who love and accept you. That you don't have to, you know, pretend to be someone else around. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, someone you can open up to and just be, exist and be comfortable. And, you know, it takes work trying to find that situation, 
for a lot of people. It takes work trying to find that type of person. Um, but uh, you can't really get it unless you try. So what's there to lose, right? Oh, yeah. Well, hold down. All right. I guess that's it for questions. Yeah. Cool. All right. I think it's my turn to recommend a film. Well, you go for us. Uh, well, conveniently, my 4K Blu-ray just showed up of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, so shit. Obviously, okay. you know, I've been... A lot of my recommendations are just going to be based on, like, when the 4K Blu-rays are released. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Because, yeah, I've been, yeah. I just got my 4K TV, so... I'm still waiting for a 4K Blu-ray for Kill Bill. I fucking want to... I don't yeah. want to talk about that one until we get a 4k version of that yeah should be coming in the next year or two but yeah anyway um michelle gondry director and charlie kaufman writer um yeah starring kate winslet and jim carrey and a few other people are in it as well mark ruffalo elijah wood tom wilkinson kirsten dunst the film is called eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and it is what 2003 four? four 2004 um Watch the movie if you have want cool. to not get spoiled about the movie. Watch it before the next episode. These episodes come out every two weeks. Uh, you can get them early by going to patreon.com slash sardonicast or going to sardonicast.com signing up for premium. It's only $2 a month and you get them early as they're edited, uh, particularly early for the next uh, few weeks because uh, I'm going out of town for Toronto Film Festival again, so we're uh, recording some of these pretty early again. Uh, we're doing like three in a row. <laughs> so, um, yeah, pretty, pretty simple, but, uh, happy. Thanks for watching. Uh, oh, wait, we also got merch link in the description. There's a Sardonicast highlights channel. Uh, search that up link in the description also, I think. And, uh, send us your fan art on the subreddit or on Twitter. Hashtag, Sardonicast fan art and uh, they'll show up at the beginning of the YouTube uploads. Send your art. Anyway, thanks for listening. Happy Sinshrek Dicky New York. <laughs> Bye everybody. Thanks, Bye. <laughs> <Take care. laughs>